I'm Detroit's own savior, Detroit's own plug, Detroit's own future, Detroit's own love. I'm Detroit's own, yeah. I'm Detroit's own, yeah. And I never asked for my heart back. You can have it without all you taught me. I never would have lasted. I know I can move through some Hollywood. We can jump right in. It's Tuesday night. Um, well, shit. No, it's not. It's Monday night. I'm lying. It's like 36 hours after. The Kobe news dropped. Uh, we lost a basketball legend. Kind of transcends basketball, though. It's kind of what I'm apprehending from the last few days, man. It's people who I even know watch basketball for real or, like, paid attention. Everybody's really fucked up about this. So, um, yeah, I got Keenan and Cardo from Beat the Buzzer podcast here to discuss the life and legacy of one Kobe Bean Bryant. How y'all doing, fellas? It's good, man. Listen, I've been better. Yeah, yeah, man. I've been. I be thinking I'm done with the tears, and then I see a new picture, and it's like, oh shit! Uh, it's, it's, Listen, this is hard. This is real hard. Just seen another video like 20 minutes ago that brought, like yo tears flowing all over again. Like y'all gotta stop. No, I ain't gonna lie. I'm grateful that I couldn't hear the words that were actually happening on TV. But I caught like the first little part of uh, when they did a replay of his last game of, uh, of his career, mm-hmm. and they still showed the whole like uh, the whole thing, the whole uh, what you call it, uh, like the video beforehand or whatever little uh, thing. And I was like, "Wow, bro! Like it." That was three years ago. Like oh. that. That was three. You know, three and a half years ago, basically. Like that's what that joint was. And hey, man, it don't. Yeah, I mean, I, I was happy when Kobe came back around the sport. Like, you know, yeah. I was happy that he kind of stayed within like a semi arm's length. Yeah, I um, I mean, to the point about his last game, it's like the crowd. My favorite thing about that game was them niggas was trash, but he still brought the whole city out. This whole pre hair, this is Kanye when he was still like semi normal. Like Jack was there. <laughs> Like, everybody was there, bro. Like, it was, oh, man. That was a moment in time. But like you said, it wasn't that long ago, you know? It was. It really was. I remember watching, and you could tell, you could tell at the time, but really, I guess, looking back at hindsight today, because I, I was able to watch some of the first quarter again, mm. like, it, it was almost like he was nervous, like it was day one. Like, mm. you could see he was just, like, he knew he kind of had to jack up a few, try to get that first bucket to go down. You could feel like the tension in the atmosphere, like everybody waiting for like something yeah. spectacular to happen for a few minutes. And he like missed, I think, his first like five buckets or something like that. Like he missed his first five shots. He had like two air balls in those first five shots. It's like a really bad, like an air ball, like a really bad miss. And then like he caught fire. He went like yeah. four for four right yeah, yeah. that or something like that. Ended with 15 in the first. And then, you know, as we know, or ended with 15 like in that 15 in the first, 22 in the first half. He had 45. Well, I, the game just went off. He had 45 with like 230 to go. He scored 15 in the last 230, bro. Okay. So it's that funny, shit was like, incredible, I man. I'm like, I don't think people realize that in that last like three minutes, I literally about to say, I think like the last three minutes, he was close to, you said 15, but I was like, he's got to be close to getting 20 in that last. They were down 10 with like two minutes to go. Bro, he hit like three minutes in the last, I mean, three three points in like the last two Came down, mouthed them niggas in front of Utah's bench. I was like, I forgot all of this, dog. Bro, one of them, he, and I wish I would have saw the end of the game, but one of them, he was like double teamed. I was like, bro, Kobe was in that moment, like a guy that we really thought, and I think you wrote about this early, which I think is, you know, a good reminder. Bro, if nobody else, I was a guy that was very loud, very wrong, but very loud when he popped his Achilles. I remember being in North Carolina still saying, oh, this is Kobe's last game. Like, this is it. Like, I remember being loud saying, hey. No, nah, people not believe it. I remember Twitter blew up 
that night. Like, it was a weird night because it made no sense for him to come back. You know what I'm saying? It's like, why would you take a year of rehab and then come back at age 36? Like, for what? Right. When, when I don't know. Youth. For me, I'm like, I was, I couldn't miss it. It's like Kobe going to be done at that point. I'm like, yo, I know this is probably a career ender. But you're yeah, Kobe, I was sir. I was like, right in between you're coming back. I was right in between because I, I was the same. I was like, "Why would you do it?" But then I'm like, "Cause you Kobe. That's why." You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You, you came to somebody right to end of your story like exactly. that. It's just like, but like not so you're Kobe. That. You walk out your own terms. But I wrote about <laughs> that, that too. About you leave your own. Time. Him taking those free throws was like, if that was the end, he was like, "I'm not about to go out like no hoe." Like, I mean, oh like, yeah, a better phrase. But like, he was like, "I'm gonna make I'm these two free throws." I'm gonna walk up by myself. Yeah, you're not gonna be a uh, Paul Pierce carrying me out like that. <laughs> so I mean, I, I really did bang with it. Uh, so I mean, I got a list of stuff. We kind of just jumped in. I wanted like kind of doing chronological order, but the first thing I wanted to talk about was just how surreal all this shit is. Like LeBron just passes him, and then 12 hours later, all this shit goes down. And it, it, I mean, you can believe in fate, you can believe in higher powers, you can believe in all that stuff, but yeah. put that aside, it's just like this timing is really strange to me, bro. And I have not been able to like wrap my head around that these last 36 hours. So It's wild because Katie sent me a text saying, have I been on Twitter? Mind you, like, this nigga died on my birthday. Mm. So first off, I was already like, yo, this ain't real. Like you're lying. Yeah. And then like when I hopped on, I'm like, wait, nah, like y'all really are talking about this. Like this nigga really... It was so I I pulled an all nighter the other night for some reason. I was working on what to some stuff, maybe I don't remember. And I, I woke up as the news broke. It was actually kind of strange because I woke up, I saw some other tweet that I responded to, and then as I refreshed my timeline, that's when I saw Phil had tweeted the TMZ link. And I'm like, so my I think I talked about this on the past pop, or whatever, but like TMZ don't never be wrong, and I hate it, but they don't never be wrong. Man. Okay, sorry. I don't I don't mean to interrupt your shit. No, go ahead. Can, can we spend 10 seconds talking about that? Because I get it that people are really upset with TMZ, and we can talk about that in a moment. But you hit the nail on the coffin. Like, you can hate TMZ and think that they like a tabloid per se. But they are always but they right. Have they like, don't who? miss, though. I remember, I used to like downplay that shit until the night Whitney died. And with the TMZ broke the Whitney news, and I was like, <laughs> Fuck when Houston really killed herself. <laughs> like I, had, I couldn't run from it because I was like, okay, is this this the oh, bro? Whoever they got on the inside, like I know that they only focus on entertainment, but whoever they have, them niggas be knowing they yeah. stuff because they don't miss on a lot of like on a, on a lot of things, man. And it's just um, like like of course the big dudes like Destiny like that recently, but it, but it's been a few other things in the past. It's just like they've hit, and it's almost been like an hour since I heard from another news outlet. And it's like in a world now where everything is digital. And you you want to be the first to uh you know to get to get in a story? I can't be mad at that. Like I don't know. I will say though that I think. Go ahead, Carter. There was a lot of irresponsible journalism going on in the process of all of yeah. that. And granted, my my only beef with TMZ is like somebody should have reached out to the family yeah. first before y'all posted yeah, that yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. That's my I only beef. Sure. Like I have no problem with y'all posting it, but somebody should have reached out to the family. Like y'all have some connected. So if y'all have connected to all that information. You have a connect to the people that need to know first. Right. I mean, yeah, I wanna, like the family should find out on social media. Yeah, I want to dive into. I don't know how you how you reach out like that too. Don't get me wrong; they're very wrong. I don't want to sound like I don't, but maybe just because I don't know enough about media. How do you reach out in that regard? Does that make sense? Like, how do you like? like I guess it, like if you're the person that, that works in TMZ that's supposed to like, you know, let's let's just say it's somebody at the place that has a job. It's like, hey. 
con- contact the, the people, make sure like they're aware before we leave. Like, let's just say you got that job. They, you dropped the ball this time, but you got that job. Mm. Who exactly do you reach out to? Like, because obviously with, with a name like Kobe and something as big as this, you can't even just say like you about to reach out to like his agent or his, you know, business partner or whatever. You're like, because more than likely, even if they know, they're with, like, they're, they're, they're sealed tight. It's like, my question also with these is like, who can you reach out to when it's something tragic like this? Like, we're not talking about somebody that's OD respectfully to Whitney. We're not talking about somebody that OD'd in the tub. So it's like, I mean, we kind of saw that coming. It ain't like somebody passed away because they've been in the hospital for three months, you know, like, like or, you know, for three weeks, like David Stern. So it was like, I mean, how do you go about I'll that? say my only, you know my only pushback on that is we just acknowledge TMZ is pretty much all powerful. So the point at which you get that story, you can find out uh-huh. who to reach out to. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it it can't be that impossible for you to to figure out who to talk to, you know. Even if you got to like, do a little bit of research, so if you do the investigative research, you got to find somebody. Right, you can find out who to talk to. Oh no, I, I don't even think it's about who you. Okay, I apologize. And again, I'm not trying to excuse it. Not about who you contact. How, like, meaning, and by how, I don't actually mean like you call, text, tweet, whatever. I mean like, let's just say, for example, in this case, you the representative, Justin, for for the for the Kobe Bryant family. And like I know, like if like if I'm the journalist, I know as soon as I get it, like I'm like, oh, Justin, a hundred thousand percent would be the person that would know if they know about this, yes or no, yet. How do I, as a journalist, again, not saying that people don't rock with Kobe, but like my job is to make sure we can get this story out as one of the first few people. How should I approach you? And this is me genuinely asking. This is not. This is me saying that TMZ should have done it. Right. This is me just really asking. I don't know, but people go to journalism school. I'm sure that's part of the, like the lesson okay. plan is how to is, like approach families with tragic news. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm sure you, people learn that in school. We don't know it because we ain't went to school for it. But I'm sure. Right. Like, I mean, do doctors well, learn so, manner? Well, no, not even outside that. So, like, at least going to broadcast school, like we had to figure out how to approach people to ask permission to do certain mm-hmm. things anyway. It comes down to like literally you just have to just say it. There's not really no right way of presenting it. Same way doctors don't tell you the right way when somebody right, can yeah, die. Yeah. They just say the shit. Like you kind of just have to say it. Okay. I'm like, friend, this is a loved one. How are you gonna say it? So have you heard that so and so died? Nah, bro. You gotta just say it. I mean, like it's always as, as been said. Like there's no if they hadn't exactly. heard the story, there's no way to there's no correct way to be like, hey, your husband's dead. You know what I'm saying? Like that's a yeah. hard thing to no, do. No, I 100 percent agree. I literally 100% agree with that. Um, but yeah, I don't, it just broke my heart that like, I like basketball didn't, didn't take Kobe out, but like his pursuit of like, I don't know. It seemed like a very superhero thing to do. After I like heard the like background of it was foggy. And the only reason that plane got, the helicopter got clearance is because Kobe Bryant was on it. It's right? Kobe Bryant. No, There's no, no other way the helicopter got reason the ground. It's because Kobe being right. Honestly, and and don't get me wrong, like LeBron is a powerful guy, and and, and for the even though we like get on the, get in these debates on the Twitter world and stuff like that about like LeBron, LeBron is for the most part universally liked by people. Like I think that's something we can agree on. But you know, like I don't even think LeBron could say he wanted to get on a helicopter that morning, and they let him get on a helicopter that morning. You know what I mean? Like, but when it comes to Los Angeles, like Michael, not Michael, excuse me, um, Kobe Bryant literally might be the only person. In LA, that would have oh, been yeah, able he was all to powerful at that time. Getting off the ground, we're powerful. getting off the ground with this helicopter. And, and like, my- I mean, the the biggest part of it. So, is um, condolences to the other families of the the victims of the crash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess, and I'm projecting. I really don't know, and I feel terrible if like somebody hears this and they think I'm like I have some sort of inside knowledge. I don't, but just based off everything I hear, I'm hearing and connecting the dots. What really seems to have happened is like, I mean, Kobe takes his helicopter everywhere. 
He needed to get mm-hmm. to the academy. His his girl's teammates needed to come, and he was like, "I'll get you there." It was some super. It was, it's typical Kobe Bryant behavior, and it's like like he bent the world to make it happen. He he thought he was a superhero. He literally was like, "I have this chopper. We'll get there. Don't even worry about it." And it wasn't a good decision, you know. Yeah, and it's like don't get me wrong. There is always a desire to point fingers at something, whether it be a person or like a super, you know, supernatural phenomenon, or whatever. And yes, fog is a factor. And I, you know, now we've kind of heard a little bit more about the pilot was going a lot faster than what he should have. Like he thought he was above the fog, thought he had cleared the mountains. Um, but then instead of going above the fog, which most people say most pilots try to do, he tried to go below the fog and end up hitting the top of one of the mountains or whatever. Um, they say he he went below the two thousand. I guess two thousand feet is like maybe their their magic number, as they kind of say. And they say he was like down around seventeen hundred and some change. And it's again, like I said, you you want to point your fingers. You want to like you want to blame FAA for right. you know actually giving them approval because yeah. because I heard and again we're all getting bits and pieces of stories from the same source but a different source at different times. Is they were grounded for like fifteen or twenty minutes or so before they got the ALK to even go in the air. So they did kind of have, like, so they were kind of aware of that precaution. Mm-hmm. Then due to his mind, whether he probably did it subconsciously or on purpose, his mind is like, well, I got to make up for at least a couple mm-hmm. of minutes, probably. Like, I got, I mean, he's probably, in, in the way that, like like you said, Kobe does these helicopters often, and they kind of gave a little bit of background about the pilot. They said he's very experienced, you know. Yeah, I don't doubt that the pilot was qualified to do that. I don't But know. I'm saying, that probably, honestly, isn't his first time either flying Kobe himself or being like almost the second person, like like maybe his, his the backup, other person yeah. in front of him flew, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> flew that time. He's like the backup pilot, you know, whatever the case is. So in his mind, he's like, man, I know I got literally LA's finest, you know, in here, like a non police officer, of course, because that's not what I mean by that, but LA's finest in this chapter. And he's got to get to the gym with his daughter and another family. Like, I mean, yeah, Kobe Bryant spared no expense on that trip. Like, obviously, he had the best of the best of the best. So that's not they, the they issue. Even said it. That's one of the best chapters ever. Yeah, so, again, like, we want to point blank, or, you know, we all kind of want to find a, a way to make it make sense. And, you know, they give us more details, and we appreciate it. But it's also, like, I mean, yeah, like like you said, like, outside of maybe the, 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 the pilot making, you know, a minor error, if the true thing is to try to go above, you know, then below and all of that stuff, you still can't, can't really find like he's doing his job. But, you know, he's doing his job to what he believes is the best of his ability at that mm-hmm. point in time. Um. Well, yeah, I don't want to deal about like the circumstances of the crash no more because fuck that. Um, I want to talk about the good things about Kobe, which is when I used to make fun of him. So for background information, me and Keenan are like 60 days apart in age. Uh, mm-hmm. I've known him since we were five and we used to yeah. play NBA courtside regularly. <laughs> and um, I hated Kobe even back then. I feel like I didn't use him that much. Keenan might have. But we used to, I mean, Kobe and Vince Carter were the only two people who could do the ill dunks on the game. And so mm-hmm. I feel, I remember like yeah. the first time it happened, I feel like either Vince or Kobe did the between the legs and me and Keenan was fucked up. And we went and grabbed, my stepmom had this Polaroid and we like used up all the film trying to capture every single angle. That shit was hilarious. Man, we really were doing the slow mo. The slow mo with the oh man! Shout out to N sixty four days. I still got Corsair too in storage. I just gotta go find it, bro. No, it, it's so funny because you you told this story on Twitter and, and over the years. Because I, I think me and you, you know, when we're together at least, probably tell this story to one another or, re, or remember this story with one another. If not, at least once a year ish or so. Maybe like once every other year. 
and it's always like kind of nostalgia that it makes me want to bring out an N64 with Corsac. I remember you had Corsac before me, and I remember like having to go out and get Corsac because it's also around the time that like live was becoming a thing. So it was like I remember going up there like Kobe Bryant was on the cover of course. I like Corsac was in theory his game because like the lives and stuff they used to blot out the uh, Michael Jordan's name. He, on there he had player ninety eight. Yeah, so or Scott Player, right. he was Scott Player yeah. on like Live '97 or some shit like that. Yeah, so this this kind of like course was kind of a way of like Kobe being like, nah, I'm not too big for the game. You know what I'm saying? Like it was just it was it was another star, and it was, it was fun. Like you said, him and Vince Carter are only two people that could do dunks in the way that you know what we're talking about. Seven, eight year olds, six right. year olds could really fathom with a major. I mean, so, what made it incredible to me, and we didn't know no better. We didn't know the graphics was going to become this elite. But the right. fact that they made. However they do graphics back in the day and now. The fact that they made them little pixelated niggas clearly go between yes. the legs and shit. I was like, oh, man, this is this never going to get no better than this. Like, they broke the code. It's a daytime, low-key. Yeah. That shit was so Duh. much fun, man. Um, but, yeah, like, I wrote about this earlier, too, is I don't really remember. I do remember this one time me and Keenan were walking to the lunchroom. We went to Christ the King together. <clears throat> and... um. <laughs> We were playing basketball outside of some shit like that. And just like unsolicited, I started making fun of, fun of Kobe and his afro and shit like that. I don't know why I didn't like Kobe, but I just never. It was because he was too close to Mike, and I was like, yo, you were infringing on my idol, bro. Like, you got to back up a little bit. I, that, that had to be the only thing because I can't think of no other reasons. I really love Mini Fro Kobe. Like, I, even of, everybody knows that Iverson's my favorite guy, and I kind of thought of this story earlier, too. I remember when me and when me and Justin would go in the backyard at people's crib, and we would choose people like to kind of like I pretend like we were. We would do the count on the five, four. Yeah. He would always pick T Mac. Like he he was a T Mac fanatic yeah, at this time. Like T Mac was his guy and all of that stuff. Was he still tall back then? Yeah, I always been tall. Yeah, everybody. yeah Justin. Oh yeah, so make sense you pick T Mac then. This has always been my tall friend, and so it's so funny that I thought about that because. Um, a few years later, kind of in life, uh, me and a friend of mine, when me and Justin kind of parted ways, we both, I think I had left Christ mm-hmm. King already. And we, we were like maybe in elementary, like maybe fifth grade or so or sixth grade. I had another friend. I was always short, just to make the story better. And like he was even he was even bigger guy, a little bit bigger than Justin, at least from what I remember. And so I remember me and him were playing basketball. And like, even though I was more like of an Iverson fan, people at school and I'll be in. To be fair, we went to a predominantly white school, too. This is the one year I went to predominantly white school, or the year and a half I went to predominantly white school. And people were like, man, y'all Kobe and Shaq. And in my <laughs> mind, I didn't really think about that. And again, I don't want to sound like, oh, hey, but this one I was really good at basketball before, you know, life happens to you and everybody else catches up and they're very good at basketball, too. So um, it was kind of cool to get to keep that moniker. But I think about it, I'm like, man, Kobe's legacy is kind of wild to me because it's, it's, like, a, it's, like, a, it's like a play. But it's got so many acts. Like it started with like a Shaq and Kobe thing. Like you, you had to say Kobe with Shaq. Like you couldn't just say Kobe did this on his own. Yeah, I think he he got drafted Shaq's first year in LA, right? Yes, yes. So they were ever um, entangled. So I, as I was working on my eulogy last night, Shaq and Kobe's beef has a Wikipedia page all to itself. I was like, this is very helpful. Um, and I didn't. Shout out. So um, ninety seven playoffs. Shaq files out. Dale Harris decides to let Kobe run the offense and he flames the fuck out. Four straight air balls. And apparently Shaq mm. comforted him after the game. But I also read that like before the season, Shaq said straight up, like, I'm not babysitting this nigga. Like, 
That's not my job. So to think that, like, I feel like they were always very hot and cold with each other. And in a way, I always blame Kobe for that. But Shaq was the older dude. He could have been a bigger person at the end of the day. He always chose to be a dickhead to, but not, to Kobe. They always talked about, like, Kobe's, Kobe had trash social skills when he was yeah, young anyway, yeah, though. Cause, like, especially, like, this nigga was, like, he, he didn't live here. Yeah. Like, this nigga grew up overseas. So, like, he definitely had a hard time of socializing with Americans at that point in his life. I'm curious about how his high school days went, though, then, when you, when you talk about that. Because it's like, so I also heard on another pod earlier that was doing uh, Kobe Remembrances. Dude went through his high school stats. And I think he said he averaged, like, 18 a game as a freshman on varsity. And then, like, it just kept getting colder and colder and colder. And I'm like, how would you not have social skills? I mean, maybe he just never developed them, but I'm like, I, I'm just, I'm kind of well, no, curious how like he went through four years of high school, being the man at that school, and never learned how to deal with people. You know, I feel like just out of he probably just got the praise on the court and walked off. Yeah, true. Like he, he, like he probably stayed to himself outside like the hoop and stuff. Like, all right, yeah, y'all praise me, not cool. But he took he Brandy. To I'm head out. There were no cute girls at his school. You know what I'm saying? Like, how do you he even get ain't contact to none with Brandy? Because he had to play. What you mean? His pops was in the league. He had some type of play. That's incredible, dog. Like, there was no cute girls at your school, bro. You a finesser, man. <laughs> um, also, though, like, when I think about Lower Marion, like, from, from what I know about it, let me not pretend like I'm an expert, but, like, it's in the suburb of mm-hmm. Philadelphia, so he's also not in the city of Philadelphia. Yeah. You have to remember, his dad was a professional player who was mostly overseas, but it was a professional player. He grew up with the likes of Brandy you know, being being accessible to yeah, him, for yeah, I should yeah. say. Because when you think about it, we're connected nowadays. Like, we're really connected. But even when you think about, like, in, in the early 90s with the Fab Five, kind of how it was just asinine to get these five guys to come from basically all over the country. Because like, the only two people that were, like, nearby, or the only three people that were really close were Jalen Rose, Chris Weber, and Juwan Howard. Oh. You got, Kent was in, what, Texas, I believe, and stuff like that. Like, people weren't as connected to just, like, have access. So he also was a guy that we have to remember his social skills or his need to be social is probably different. Like he's, he's a guy that probably was always used to travel while he was overseas as well with different countries and things like that. But he's in a neighborhood where he's like the main black guy, you know, there. We all kind of have been or know how it is at least to be the black guy in a predominantly white place. In theory, people just gravitate to you where they'd be for slight fear, whether it be just because. It's so man, weird, bro. It's cool so weird. kid. Like, yeah. And the crazy part, they can dislike you, but they gravitate to you because it's like they're enthralled. It's almost like your science project. Also, I'm not going to lie, brother, almost, uh, I saw this a little bit earlier, but for some reason, it seeing it come back on the TV again right now is uh, Andrew Wiggins today when he put the ball at the free throw line to show where Kobe scored his, uh, where he p- uh, passed Michael Jordan in the mm. points. That is having to come back across the TV screen, and I'm just like, damn. Oh, bro, yeah, I'm, um, it, I'm, I got it on my iPad. Yeah, um, yeah like, see, seeing the different ways that people have, like, showed homage, like, I, I saw, and I know I'm jumping around, but I saw okay. the uh, I, I saw the first game with the when the um, Raptors and Spurs decided to um, you know take the 24 second shot clock violation. In my mind, I was thinking like, oh, when you have to take a 24, I don't have to take an eight. But of course, you know you don't really care. But I remember seeing it. I'm like, okay, that's you know that's something there. Just to kind of see the people that you know had a day or so to do things like I don't know if you guys saw the Pistons had uh, customized mm-hmm. jerseys with the numbers eight and 24 and Brian on the back, and it was just like. You, man, you like you said, bro. It's a guy that you you love to hate, but in theory, you you can't like you know what I mean. Like it's, you you have to understand. I mean, it all. I, I mean, as I was thinking about it, because I don't, I'm not gonna back down from it. Like I, 
I openly hated Kobe Bryant, but at the same time, it still requires oh, a level of investment that you care enough to watch his games. You know what I'm saying? Like I wasn't expecting Kobe to fail, but it was great mm-hmm. when he did, you know, it was yeah. almost like, I think about that kind of on the opposite end is like being, as being a Warriors fan the last few years, it's like, I got so frustrated when they lost. Cause it's like, what the fuck are y'all niggas doing? Y'all are the surest bet in this league. And y'all about to come out here and yeah. lay an egg. Are you serious? What's the point of being y'all fan? I'm I'm watching for y'all to win. When y'all lose, I right. look like a dummy. Like, come on, man. <laughs> so, I, like, on the flip side with Kobe, it's like, I was watching, hoping he lost, but then, like, it's when he didn't, it's like, well, that's Kobe, you know? Figured it out yeah. again. See, and I, like, growing up, I was a fan, was part of why I hated Kobe. I'm like, nah, nigga, AI's better than Kobe. What are we talking about? <laughs> Like that was me arguing everybody Man, for the longest. When um when Iverson won game one in 0-1. Oh, y'all can't tell me nothing. Can, yeah, I was talking crazy. I came back to school. Y'all can't so tell crazy. me nothing. Bro, I talked so crazy to Ernest and him the next day. I was like, Oh, you remember y'all talking about oh, I, I was talking to I'm like, AI hey, gave y'all that work. And what are we talking about? Who ten year old me was disrespectful at that moment. Man. Or nine year old me. Ever old nine, ten year old me was disrespectful. Man, I just want the Lakers out of here. All right. So we can kind of go in the the three P. Uh yeah, I don't really remember the first title. I do remember the second one. What when was the King? What was the Kings? Um, when was the King series? Was that the second one? That was the second one. I'm trying to remember in order. I think it was. It might have been the third one. No, I no no no. I feel like the Blazers was the last one, bro. I thought the Blazers was the first one. Cause that's ah, when that's the one where Kobe threw nah, Shaq the lob. Pippen that wasn't it? Nah. Yeah, that had to be in the first one. That's the one when Kobe threw Shaq the lob. And it was cute because it was like, oh, look at them finally getting along. Oh, I'm about to look it up. But that wouldn't have been the first one, though, because the first one, it would have been like, uh... hey, man, let me see. Now I got to look this one yeah, up. Yeah, I'm pulling it up. Oh, I meant to have this already on the screen. Um, buh, 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 buh. That's all right. Yeah, 2000 Western Conference Finals. Um, that was so, the yeah, first that was the first one. one. And they were down 18. No, they were down 15 in the fourth. I thought they were down like 18. Um, yeah, that lob was crazy. Oh, that's the yeah, yeah. And I mean, it is. So somebody actually said that that's probably their most memorable moment as a duo. And I can't really remember any other on court moments between the two of them that were that um, memorable. I don't know if y'all two have any thoughts of, of on the court the play. Um, on court, I get like. I, I think really the the reason why the the lob is probably the most iconic, at least the easiest one, is because the one that we kind of been force fed for yeah, a long time. Yeah, in all the fucking um, um whatever the 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 videos. Yeah, and stuff like that. Time, time, so I think one of my favorite, and it's not necessarily like a basketball play, um, bless you, but is when Kobe leaps into Shaq's mm-hmm. arms and he kind of like he kind of grabs him. I, I love that. Um, not even honestly, I don't even know if it's necessarily because of Kobe and Shaq. I do think it's a great symbolism of. Who I think you can arguably say is the best duo ever. Ever. And, and I, I was thinking about like. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, control. No, 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 no. You're fine. And 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 really, I was just gonna say like I know people who maybe are older than me will you know immediately try to point to Jordan Pippen or no. Bird McHale things like no. that. But I genuinely can't think of you. You literally had to me at least in the duo aspect the most dominant players that has ever put on a basketball uniform in the history of the mm-hmm. world. Not NBA. Not America. Not this hemisphere, like, of the world, Shaquille O'Neal. And I think Shaq arguably, won the 2000 MVP, right? Whatever year Shaq won the MVP was... If you could, like, re- replicate that Shaq for every year, for 15 years, he would have been the greatest player of all the time. <laughs> like, Jesus. No question. 
And it's wild that before that, people thought that he was possibly one of the, like, he was possibly a top five player. And then he come back, because what, what was it, the year that they lost to Olajuwon and them in the finals, the next year he comes back, you know, he, he plays really well and everything like that. And then he, he gets to L.A. basically, and he's like, everybody looks at him like, where did these 30, 40 pounds come from? He got from, fat bro? quick. Dude, I feel like me and you talked about this once upon a time. Like, he yes, got like fat he, real fast, and I just don't know when it happened. really quick. No, and back then when you didn't have, like, the accessibility to just, like, having TV, like, get social media, but, like, just the accessibility to, like, TV that you could see their lives like that, it's like, bro, I'm pretty sure, you know, even in my young mind, it's like, I'm pretty sure that I saw pictures of literally your last year in Orlando, you were, like, maybe 270, bro, 260, you came back and it was almost like, like bro, you look slim back then, like, you just look fat now, it was weird, man. He had no neck no more. I was like, Shaq, what? But I, I think I heard him say something a couple years ago. I don't know the time frame, but essentially he explained it away, which makes sense. Um, that basically he had a tougher road in the West when it came to centers. And uh-huh. I don't know if it was like him unilaterally or the Lakers came up with a training plan that was basically – because somebody said like Jokic is basically on the same sort of plan now where like you come in a little bit out of shape you deal with getting beat up over the season and you like have that extra fluff so it don't hurt so bad. But then you play yourself in the shape so that by the playoffs, you can like play extended minutes if you need to, but you don't want to come in super slim and then get beat up by all these big ass centers. And then you on the shelf cause you didn't have that extra padding. You can like lose that over the course of the season instead of coming in without it. And then you end up hurt. I mean, it makes sense. Cause the, people forget the West back then was nothing but big men. Like Kobe was like the like the lone guard out there that you really had to like check for. So I mean, and yeah, I forget who was talking about it, but it's like the bigs back then. Every night, Chris Webber, it was like Chris Webber said I had to play Shaq one night, Rasheed the next night. Um, who else was KG, KG another, another night, night. Tim, Tim Duncan, Duncan another, another night. night. Yeah. I mean, David Robinson was still running. Elder Brand was out there. Like you still had you had big man for days out there. So I mean, I get it. And then we talking about the superstars back then. I mean, I, I referenced this in the article, but it's also, I was watching um, Pacers Knicks 99. Teams just used to play two centers at a time. Like, the power forward was low-key, the second Rick center, dog. Rick Smith and Davis used to be on the floor at the same And then Antonio time. Davis would come off the bench. I'm like, why do y'all have all these big niggas clogging up the lane? Like, no spacing. No spacing, bro, bro. Cliff Robinson. So... Bro. Yeah, so Whew. I mean, on top of that, like we naming the superstars, but all those superstars likely had another big nigga next to them who whose job was literally to beat up on Shaq for forty minutes. You know, okay, yeah. that, that other big man's job was use your six files. It wasn't even to like be a no, be like a like help. You're, you're, you're just here to hit yeah. him. That's it. That's all you good for. And let and let the let the superstar like go off and go crazy. But you were here to use your files. So. Yeah, God bless Shaq. I mean, he was un- impossible to, like, referee because he was a huge nigga. He was definitely tossing niggas as he, as he so chose, but and he was catching mm-hmm. them too. So, game's a game. It's just crazy the fact that we literally had them both, like, two of the greatest players ever. They were arguably the playing together. Yeah, they were arguably the two best players in the league at the same time. I said two or three because I still think Duncan might have been two. Yeah. But, if Kobe, I'm depending on what year we're talking about, you can argue different people in different spots, but yeah. You said what? Like in 2001, I'm still taking AI for Kobe, but we Fair we going to leave that alone. <laughs> but um, any other, I'm like, you, 1A, 1B. Yeah. Because like Shaq and Kobe couldn't have done that without each other. 
I mean, I, so I put that down to the fact that, I mean, he was probably the number two option in the first title, but by the end of the second title, he was 1B. He was for sure. Well, no, I would say people don't realize the first title, like Shaq was clear because Kobe was still coming to his own at that mm. point. But by the time they got the second and third ones, people forgot that Shaq was getting benched in the games and Kobe was closing those games out. You don't win those some of those series without Kobe closing those. I games. feel like I'm I'm let me pull it up so I don't fuck this up. But I'm fairly certain I remember there was a Pacers finals game where either Shaq fouled out or he was ineffective. He wasn't in and Kobe won the game. Mm-hmm. Straight up. Hey, Happy Kobe Kobe series too. Reggie Miller was actually a lot of fun. Slide back to Kobe real yeah. quick. I got I do got like two related questions. Um one is just in general, what is maybe a memorable thing for you about Kobe? It doesn't necessarily be your favorite, but like a memorable thing to you about Kobe. And then the second part, which I guess you can answer all in one also or at the same time, is what do you think is something that the league or teams can do as a whole, kind of in the, in the short term uh, or maybe even long term, that kind of just, uh, you know, commemorate you know pay the forward or remember you know memorialize him or whatever the case might be you know or can be said you know special all-star coming up next week you know or two weeks from now excuse me things like that like, what are some things that you guys can think of you know that are just that could be done shorter long term i mean besides the obvious of retiring in either 8 or 24 for every team but you clearly can't do that for every team because some teams probably already have that number tired for other reasons uh-huh. in that case you can go at eight if you i mean if you wanted to go that route like if that was the route you wanted to go you can pick it, but yeah, go ahead. I like that idea. But um, I really don't know how you can immortalize him for every team. Like that would be very hard to do outside of retiring a jersey. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could just okay. throw a banner up in the in the stands, and it don't have to mean nothing per se. Like I mean, I remember when my uh, Miami retired Jordan's number, and I don't know if anybody's ever worn twenty three before, but I remember people talk about that. Like, why would you retire? But he never played for Miami. And a lot of it, too, was that Miami hasn't retired too many numbers, so it was like a banner to throw up. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like the banner don't necessarily have to mean nothing. It's just a recognition mm-hmm. that this legend played in this arena, you know. That's real. Um, what about fate? Well, I guess for mine, and I've seen this floated around a lot, and, this, and so this is not my original idea. Let me make sure I do say that somebody else on the Twitter world said this. But I, I actually do think that maybe um, either doing the logo, you know, for something like Kobe. And I know that that's something quick to say, but I do think for many years that people, especially the last maybe let's say eight years or so, I think a lot of people have talked about changing the logo in general to many different things. Mm-hmm. Just because it's something that's old. It, you know, it was during a time where literally it's like, bro, you know, and I know it's simplistic, but I do think that's something. Um, I'm going to say that, that logo has been in place since 1971. It's time. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah, no, I see. It's time. I wouldn't be mad. And also, I heard the idea of changing Staples Center's name to like Kobe Bryant Arena. I wouldn't be mad at that neither. Yeah, so that was my very next thing. Yeah, I was about to say, or Jamie, especially since we all agree, and by all, I'm not necessarily doing but like the world basically agrees that like he built Staples. Like, even if you, like, even when you take those four years or so of him and Shaq being in there together from 2000, because I think they, I think they got there like right before the 2000 season or right before the 99 season, something like that. And so they were there from then to when Shaq, you know, Shaq was there until like 04. So let's say you say five years, just for me to estimate. Kobe then spent the remaining, what are we talking about, 12 years there, breaking most of the things there. So I did like that idea um, as well. And that's something that, you know, 
you could probably do it in a heartbeat. Like, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, you have enough money where that won't bother your brand or anything like else like that. And people would jump on that immediately. You know what I mean? Um, so, Molly Pop would change the name of Staples is because you have two different teams that play there. Well, the Clippers about to get the now, fuck the out Clippers, anyway, the, so. it, no, I mean, yeah. Clippers yeah, Clippers going to get their own. But I also don't think that that's one of those things that... I'll play this. I'm like, as long as the Clippers are still currently playing there. No, of course not. Like, I'm like, like because they are still currently there, I don't see that being. I don't see that being a change you can make right now. Like once they go, do that immediately. I agree and disagree. Only the only disagreeance is Patty. Just who gives a fuck about the Clippers, man? Like y'all in the Lakers arena, bro. Shut up. Like, like y'all, y'all, y'all freeloading here, sir. Like Like, I can't remember when the Clippers' first season was, but it was just like. Yeah, y'all got invited there basically. Let's Bro, like no, that. That, um, Ramona Shelburne did a like a deep investigative podcast on um Donald Sterling like last summer, middle, maybe like beginning of fall. And basically <laughs> this dipshit um they were building staples. They couldn't get the Lakers to uh commit because the form, the history, they didn't really want to leave. Um Yeah. And so they approached Donald Sterling and was like, yo, would you want to bring the Clippers here? And he basically fucked up the deal and pussyfooted and pussyfooted and pussyfooted. And then eventually the Lakers came in. And now, so basically the Clippers, had the Clippers just agreed to it, they would have been, had like first billing at the arena, which probably would have like pushed Lakers out because why would you be taking second dates from the fucking Clippers? They took too long and the Lakers came in, swooped in, and now – no matter if the Clippers come in, you still losing because you not getting first dates. Yeah, Donald Sterling just—he never should have owned the NBA team. He was too cheap. Um, yeah, he was too fucking cheap. Uh, but, but, what else did I want to talk about? The Pistons, the 04 Finals, gang shit. Um, shout out to Tayshawn. You know I'm here for this. I'm so I'm I'm conflicted. Um, read my eulogy if y'all haven't read it already, guys. Uh, I. I I never I still don't believe the Pistons should have won that title. I'll take it. We won it. Fuck it. But um, I I remember. I think it's on the DVD still. The the NBA Champions MVD, DVD we got for that. My mom bought it for me. Shout out to my mom. She a real one. Um, they had like pre series coverage on NBA TV, the old NBA TV, and they had this one asshole on there who basically he he thought he was being clever. He was like. Lakers in four, Pistons can't score. And I was like, boy, fuck you. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, you're not wrong. Yeah, I was like, you're not wrong. <laughs> so, yeah, like, when we won game one, I was like, oh, we might have a chance. And then I remembered how the Philly series went. So I was like, let me not get too happy. And then when they won game two, I was like, oh, we blew it. <laughs> like, that's the, oh, damn. And then we didn't blow it, so it worked out. But I was terrified after we didn't win game two. I was like, that was our best chance because we're not going to win all three at home, and we not about to win two in L.A. So we need to win these two and then maybe win one or two at home and then the series is ours. But then we won all three at home, so it didn't, work. It didn't matter. It's funny. So I was just watching Kobe, uh, the three he hit in regulation to tie it. I'm like, which I remember. Like, oh, yeah, real- the Pistons, the Pistons, the Pistons supposed to win this game. I remember in real time. Like, I'm, I'm literally watching that play. I'm like, we supposed to win that. Niggas was mad at Rip, and I was like, I watched that earlier today too, and I was like, Rip was actually there. It wasn't bad defense. Kobe made a good shot. I'm like, sir, it's Kobe. Kobe made a great shot, man. <laughs> like, let's, let's come down to it. It's Kobe. But the thing is, he had been broke. So when he made it, I was like, is this the one that's going to make him unbroke? Because that's not good. Because Shaq was fucking us up. Like, small, like, 
kind of forgotten fact because we swept that series damn near. Shaq averaged like 30 and 16, man. Like he was devouring Ben. He was eating Ben alive. So it's funny that you bring that up. I mean, because uh, you, you kind of remember, like, don't get me wrong. We were old enough, of course, but we were also, like, at the same time young, if that makes sense. And I know that we pride ourselves on, you know, knowing basketball or liking it and believing in it. We were like told that. at that point. But, only yeah, so much we you know, don't realistically know. still. So I said it to say, though, I remember the podcast that you sent me uh, about a month or so ago, Justin, with uh, Bill Simmons, or Bill Simmons, excuse me, and he was basically saying, like, yeah, Shaq was basically averaging, like, 40 and 20. And Kobe is like literally stinking. Like, like if Kobe could literally go thirty five percent from the floor, they win. Like, they literally sweep us. You know, maybe maybe all but was that like game three or game one when we blew them out. But um, my thing, in all honesty, was the Pistons. So I remember picking the Pistons going in because I'm a twelve year old from Detroit. <laughs> you know, picking a hometown team no matter to. what. You did what you were supposed to. You know, you do what you're supposed to, and and, th- and you and you do just like anybody else does today. You tell yourself that you can win it, and you give yourself reasons why. Like, I remember telling people, like, man, we're the only team in, you know, ever that held, you know, I think it was, like, eight teams or five yeah, teams in a row 70. under 70 points. Like, we got Tayshaun Prince. I'm like, bro, I watched Tayshaun Prince, you know, make Tracy McGrady go from averaging 40 with, like, 45% on Michael Curry to, like, 29 on 35%, mm-hmm. you know, or whatever. Like, I like you know, you take yourself little things like that. I remember saying, well, who's going to guard Rip? And that was my main thing. I remember just saying, like, okay, we don't have superstars, but who's going to guard Because, yeah, Shaq's going to get his, but they're going to, like, quadruple team Shaq. You know, in my mind, I'm that, like, I'm thinking you're going to quadruple team Shaq, and you'll do whatever. Like, we got all the bodies. But I think one of the things that I remember the most about that is focusing on Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And not because of anything special, but like, in theory, you knew. You knew as much as you love Ben Wallace. You wasn't going to do that with that. Rasheed wasn't going to do that with that. And you, and you didn't want Rasheed getting in any type of re- uh, foul trouble. trouble. And you could, and honestly, you didn't want Ben getting in it either because you needed rebounds. Because as much as I like Rasheed, he was a pretty decent rebounder. He wasn't trying to rebound. Yeah, our, he wasn't our bigs off the bench. Like, we had memo still, but like, I was watching the game. I think I was watching the game. I sent you the um, podcast, and I saw Elton uh-huh. Campbell, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like we was playing Elton Campbell for real in the finals. <laughs> I missed Bro, that Campbell time. Minutes, like minutes, and so I remember watching Kobe, and I think the one thing that I just, for mostly what I remember about that season, is Kobe was like frustrated with the length, and especially when you think about kind of like how the game was played back then. It wasn't gay. It wasn't played up up and down the court. Right. It was played in a in a tight confine. It, it was wasn't played no spacing. Where, it wasn't no spacing. Yeah, like you you can get a little get away with a little bit more hand checking. But then when when you look at that roster there, there was even even if we were in the 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 era of like spacing, there was nobody else like a shoot. No, like I I can't remember the time I had a Rick Fox to stay with there, but he like was. literally there was nobody else in that starting lineup that could shoot. There's a lot of Devin George. He was stinking up the joint. <laughs> oh man, oh yeah. And the crazy part, I remember Devin George actually played well in the conference finals, if I remember correctly, because that's when they play against the uh, the team mm-hmm. with KD mm-hmm. in them. And I remember Devin George was actually playing pretty well because that was my first time being like, okay, damn Devin George, you were actually pretty decent. I would Maybe actually upset. I wouldn't mess up to pull that series out. Yeah, I didn't. Nah. I was just tired. Of, I so the Lakers were. I mean, this is kind of a larger commentary on the Super Team era and how we bitch every time a Super Team pops up. They tried to make a Super Team in '03, man. They they signed like the idea that Carmelo was Gary supposed Payton to just Carmelo, been, like, man. You know what I'm saying? Just to help. The idea that Carmelo was supposed to have been 
just in the background. It was supposed to work because if you have Carmelo as your third option, you in good shape. And he was hurt the whole finals, and Chauncey ate Gary Payton for breakfast, lunch, and dinner that entire series. So Gary yeah. Payton was abominable in that series. He was really fucking bad. I don't but, know. Oh, Gary was struggling. Struggling. He got himself a ring. But, but so, bless God. But. Yeah, when he, when he went to Miami. To Miami. He found his fit. Um, yeah, but uh, uh, yeah, it's I don't know because that team is strange because it's like like you said it's it's not even the first making of a super team, but it's it's the thinking of a super team that you're just like I can go get these other two people who are first ballot right, all of just famers. legends. I'm gonna go get some legends. Yeah, like like I can go get some legends. Surround them with like we said, still two of probably the six best players in the game of basketball. Like you know and we're going to go out there and we're going to win. And we're going to win this because we've just three-peated and our, we're the Los Angeles Lakers. And honestly, I think the year before when they beat the Nets, is that the year that the Nets won a game? Or was that the I think they swept they the Nets. I think they swept the Nets. Because they, they was swept. the year they went to 15-1? and one? That was the 15-1 year. No, the 15-1 no, year was the 15-1 year. Yeah. Six, um, the Pacers won. The Pacers sent them a couple. Uh, Pacers took two. Yeah, they swept the Nets. Okay, so you come off a sweep and you just like, well, we gonna win. Like these niggas want to play here. These are the best. These are the best people that we had surrounding Kobe and Shaq per se. You really believe in Derek Fisher? Like and I remember being a little paranoid about the. So that was the we we. I didn't acknowledge it in my article because it was kind of not relevant but that was the year of the, the Colorado rape case um, that year was just yeah. a little like, it was really disjointed for the Lakers I remember that and they weren't doing that great in the regular season and it was like well what is all coalescing time for the playoffs and by the time they beat Minnesota I was petrified I remember the um, the, the Western Conference trophy ceremony and Shaq didn't even stick around and they were like I don't know why I remember this but they like they asked Shaq afterward like why didn't you? Because Kobe held the trophy or whatever. Shaq went straight back to the locker room. He was like, I don't give a fuck about that trophy. Like, I'm trying to get the championship. And I, when he said that, I was like, oh, we're fucked. Here they come. <laughs> like, we are screwed. Like, damn it. So, yeah, the fact oh, yeah. we pulled that shit out was a small miracle because Shaq was focused, man. I know that. Man, that was. I, I don't know. Like, I really think. Okay, now, now I'm, I'm leaving the finals to an extent. Mm-hmm. And take this to Kobe. So interrupt me if you need yeah, to. Um, I think the one thing though that was really amazing. So you guys kind of mentioned how how you found out. So I found out honestly from a mixture. So apparently, like my sister had been texting in our little family group text message, and I hadn't really been paying attention. And Rihanna had randomly texted me and Justin talking about a conspiracy and conspiracy stuff. I also had no idea what she was referring to at the time. And so, and me and Justin were also trying to plan doing the pod separately about something else. And so I'm like texting, like I get back to texting all three of them. I can't remember what I was doing, but I wasn't paying attention first. I happened to half read my sister's text saying, Kobe, somebody said Kobe Bryant just died, something like that. And I didn't, I remember like literally just reading over it, like not actually like reading it, reading over it. And then I remember like kind of, Looking at Ryan text, like, what are you talking about? Like, huh? Like, I actually responded after, like, huh? What, what do you mean? And then, like, Justin responds back after we had just, like, set up a time to do this, you know, to do this other business. He's like, well, obviously, we got to put that on hold. And 
I'm in the middle of saying what to him as well. Like, what are y'all talking about? I just happened to get on Twitter. No, I don't even know if I refreshed or whatever happened. I see somebody say the LA Times has to be lying. I need another source. That can't be true. I didn't even, I, there was nothing else in there. I happened to click, I happened to like search LA Times and I saw the first thing that came up. So I go back to everybody else. I go back to the main page and I look. And I remember literally being kind of similar. I don't know if you guys saw the clip of Cash and Winston. I'm jumping around with Cash and Winston. Mm-hmm. Izzo first told him. I remember literally having that exact reaction like Kobe. So like I told you, I had just woken up and so my roommate is a Lakers fan by Lakers. He's a like old school Lakers fan. So by proxy, that means he's a Kobe fan. So yeah. TMZ was the only person that had confirmed it. ESPN still hadn't said nothing about it. I was waiting on like a sporting outlet to say something for some reason. I was yes, I hadn't gotten alert, mm-hmm. so I really didn't know. I thought it had to be a joke. So I'm, I haven't right. gotten alert yet. Like this is the biggest news in the world. So yeah, so I get out of bed in my drawers, bro. Like I didn't know if his girlfriend was there or nothing. I just like just kind of like stumble into the kitchen, and I'm like, I think Kobe's dead. And he's like, what? And I was like, I think Kobe's. They say Kobe's dead on Twitter. And he was like, Kobe who? And I was like. Bryant, bro. bro. He was like, man, what? Bro, I don't know any of the Kobe's in my life, but I know people have named their dogs after Kobe's son. Bro, Jalen and Jacoby. Respectfully, there was anybody but the Kobe Bryant. Like, I'm sure I tweeted a number of times, but like, I literally could do nothing but repeat Kobe. Who? It must it's be two Kobe's. Guy. No, no, there, there has to be 60 Kobe's. I'm telling you, Kobe Bryant. When he sent me that text, I was smooth ready to drive his crib and fight him, bro. Like, like we, like, we can scrap for this life. Bro. That, like, I was real, like, mad for, like, a high five minutes before I realized, like, no, wait, this shit's real. No, and I think what made it so, I, I don't necessarily know the word. Like, I, I don't know if just shocking is, is, a, is a true enough word for this, but is people were saying, everybody was denying it. Like, like, I mean, like you said, TMZ had said something. I think LA Times had maybe reported it, you know, or at least said, you know, bandwagoned it per se. And nobody could be like, there were people who were literally quoting the TMZ and LA Times tweet saying, we need three more sources. And it was just like, Jamel Hill said, I'm waiting for another source. I'm not running with this. There were things that I think that was just so crazy about it is because I mean, nobody wanted to believe it. That was the entire problem, bro. Like nobody and it's, wanted and it's to. Like, like you got to remember too, like in LA, especially where you, when you think about a lot of these journalists, you know, or, or you know, if it's like, like LA times, TMZ, Jamel Hill in this case, they're all in LA. Like, like I think we got the news around one thirty ish or so that it was Kobe involved or one fifty maybe our time. So you got to figure it's, it's barely it's morning for them. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Some of them probably so, just getting up. It's, it's a Sunday. Like, Nah, bro. Like, we literally just saw this man tweet the night before. Yeah, you know, 12 hours the crash before. happened like 10 a.m. Yeah, like the, tweet, it literally, like the tweets are 12 hours apart. And, I mean, you know, the tweet to the crash is 12 hours or less mm-hmm. apart. And, I, and it was just so crazy because I, I said this probably a thousand times. And, and I realized, like, I wasn't saying it to diminish, but I just really couldn't make it make sense. I had not one time in my entire life felt the way that I felt about a celebrity or anything like that death man. that I did yesterday. And like you said, don't get me wrong, like, I, I didn't, like, I'm not somebody that was, like, getting on Twitter every day and bashing Kobe or anything like that. Like, I wasn't necessarily, like, this super Kobe fan. I was a guy that knew Kobe was great. I liked watching him play. Where I respected I, his game. You know what I'm saying? Like, stuff like that. But I never thought that, like, I, I didn't even necessarily care about what he did outside of, you know, uh, like, like, outside the world that he led us into. 
but I couldn't stop crying. Like, like they would come in waves. Like people, and I think what was so great about it, and, and then I, you know, shut up is there were people literally calling around or texting, and like, "Hey, man, you okay? Like, you good? Like, it's okay? Like, like people were really offering, like, you know, come check on you and things like that, mm-hmm. as if this was your uncle or somebody that you knew personally, like as a friend, because Kobe was our superhero. Like, people don't realize, like, Kobe was really our superhero. Kobe was immortal. I believe everything Kobe. Like, like I, I never thought Kobe was a bullshitter, bro. I never. I mean, I thought he, like, laid it on a little too thick. He definitely had a, a mm-hmm. flair for the moment. That's just what it means to be an entertainer. Um, mm-hmm. But I never – the toughness, like, he shot them free throws with a ruptured Achilles tendon. Let me tell you how I'm crying in a fetal position in the – Center of Staples. Like, there's no hey, chance bro. I'm getting done. Send the ambulance in here because I'm not even letting y'all carry me out. Put me on a stretcher. Man, amputate my foot, bro. <laughs> like, take it, Lord. Like, like y'all can have it. <laughs> I'm done. Take it, bro. Jesus. And he really shot them free. So, I mean, the toughness thing was real. Like, everything was real. Somebody, Lamar, his his tribute broke my heart. Oh, my God, bro. When he said, no, if, that- any, if I ever believed that somebody could – survive a helicopter crash it would be you i felt that shit in my spirit i was like kobe ain't get killed no fucking helicopter a helicopter took out kobe come on bro no <laughs> like no bro. way no like i said that nigga was a superhero bro i approve believe that's way he went out no this nigga flew off the plane like he flew so himself real. like I, re- I remember like like i remember kind of even joking maybe with you guys if you thought been generous like bro when we go out of town someplace sometimes like we don't goofy stuff like bro I'm from Detroit. Like, I literally had guns pointed at me or been in places where shoot. And again, I know we kind of opened up with your thing, but like, I'm literally from what people consider the toughest exactly. city in, I'm never, in America. I talk about Donovan about like just walking around DC a lot. And it'd be, I mean, it's, homelessness is crazy around here, or whatever. I don't never feel yeah. in danger, bro. Like, I'm from a city where niggas got to drive. Like, I could just walk around bro. your city. I'm fine. Like, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, and, and this certain thing, like, we, we do goofy stuff. Like, we got time, we do crazy things. But I'm like, bro, I'm from here. Like, it's no way that Jesus is going to let me die from a squirrel somewhere. Or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's just no way he's going to let me die in his other car doing this other thing. That's how I felt about that. I'm like, there's no way that Kobe died on a helicopter. And, you know, especially when you didn't know the story at all either. It's just like, there's, there's no way Kobe died on a helicopter. You know, this is, this is even before you even think about, man, the night before he was losing. Mm-hmm. It was like, no way Kobe being Bryant. Like, Kobe being Bryant, bro. I could not wrap my mind around it to the point where I, I genuinely had to go sit down on the floor in the corner and was like, wow. And I felt like, you know, you, you just felt the tears coming. It's like, I can't believe that I've never met the man, but I'm going to cry here. And the more I tried to make it make sense, like, man, you ain't got to cry for this. It's when they came more. Because like, no, 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 it makes even more sense now as you think more about Kobe. Yeah. And I, I was real life shaking because I'm like, yo, like my body just started shaking. Like, my nigga, why am I this shook? Over somebody who I've never met. Like, I haven't even been, like, close enough to the point where I can even attempt to say I've met this nigga. Yeah. <laughs> like, and I'm shaking. I liken Kobe to, to like, LeBron in a sense. And what I mean by that is when there are people, and, and this is something I've been saying for years, but when there are people who are, like, under the age of 30, to be honest, like, like I think 30 is a good measure for this, who tell me that, like, Michael Jordan is their favorite player of all time or the very best player. I kind of am skeptical about it for a couple of reasons. 
you didn't want to really see him during his prime, like old enough to watch. Like, kind of hey man, ninety six was a great before. year. Don't 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 play them last three. I mean, titles. No, look, don't get me wrong, bro. Like, I'm I'm all for your basketball knowledge. I'm all for everything you got to see on Harvard classes. I'm all for sitting up there next to you know whoever put you on the basketball thing like that. Don't get me wrong, but bro, if you're trying to tell me that you know your years of watching, and this could be anybody, you know, I'm using Jordan's example, anybody. You're like you know twelve years and under, bro, ten years and under. You don't really appreciate it the same way that you do when you watch guys like how we were able to watch prime Kobe. Even, honestly, even prime LeBron now, like when people who are our age or even sometimes a little younger truly hate on LeBron, I'm always surprised or confused because I'm like, bro, who else have you seen this great that you actually like actually able to understand and really watch? And that's not taken away from anybody like Kobe, Iverson, McGrady, Jordan, nothing like that. It's just like, bro, you're 22 years old right now. In the prime of in the prime of Jordan's career, you were literally in it in your mom's like you know you're still in the stomach, bro. Like you weren't even out yet. It's just, and, and those are things that are crazy, and, and that's why I think it's it's gonna point back. Appreciate Kobe is because we talked about those early years in his career, but like a lot of Kobe's career, maybe not all, but a lot of his career, we really not only saw it but understood it. Critique the better part of his career, like pretty much the winning side of his career. We all got to witness that. And fully understand what we were watching. Now we got to watch from two thousand one and know what was going on. Mm-hmm. But even by like, years before that, we might have it's like hit or miss, like how much you really understood. But after that two thousand one, you understood everything you've seen. So to the point, like we you would tell how great this ne- that nigga really yeah. was. But not so like the pre pal years, which actually might be my favorite Kobe. Those are probably the best years. Yeah, those probably my favorite Kobe years. Um, he was incredible, but that's the thing, man. Is so somebody talked about this on the? I've been listening to Kobe Pies all day, and somebody referenced the notion that, which is true, he won a Shaq off of his team. But I wonder if Kobe actually relished having to like win with Smush Parker. You know what I'm saying? Just the idea that like I did this shit with this bum nigga. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm I'm so cold that I drug these scrubs to 45 wins. Now, y'all oh, cannot no. take that. I am sure. Kobe was telling his friends, like only like his close personal friends, like y'all remember these niggas, right? Like I dragged these Man, niggas to the playoffs. I tweeted yesterday. I almost beat the Suns against these I niggas. I tweeted yesterday. Y'all remember that, this, right? Um, him and Lamar would leave the facility, and I guarantee they would dig up the rest of that team, dog. Like these niggas suck. Like oh my god, bro. I I, I kind of remember there was there was literally a team where. In the in the rotation, like I can't remember if they were all like who the exact star lineup was, but like in the seven, eight, nine man rotation that Phil was playing on point of the season, it's like Smush Parker, Chris Mim, Kwame Brown, Meta Meta or something like that. I think it's how you pronounce it. Luke Walton's still coming off the bench. And I'm in my in my mind I'm like, man, Luke, if you couldn't crack that starting five, it's woo. Bro, like and, man. And I just remember like literally what what's that what's that quote unquote famous thing he walked uh like they were like the who's who, like literally who is who. Like you could have genuinely took them out, like put them in street clothes, like no basketball attire, put them in street clothes, and told them to walk around any major city, and you you wouldn't be able to know that they were anybody outside of regular people, bro. You could put them on a college campus, like you could have literally put them probably at UCLA. Damn, their niggas would not know who they were. I forgot about Brian Cook's whole existence until last night, and I was like, oh, Brian Cook, <laughs> bro, <laughs> Brian Cook. That's a great That's name. A deep dive, bro. Like. That, hey, you did your research. That's journalism right there, bro. Hashtag journalism. I'll let your boy. But man, that's yeah, man, them them teams sucked. And 
But no, we got to see so many great performances from him because he had to really put them all on his back and say, all right, just hop on. I'm take, I'm carrying y'all. The 81-point game is incredible, doubly. It, so it's almost semi-identical to his last game. He scored 55 in the second half. They were losing oh, for a decent amount of the game. They didn't start turning up until the yeah. end of the third. And I think Kobe didn't score. I think he scored like the last 15 in like the last like five minutes. He had like 65 or like six minutes to go. I'll be looking at these numbers like, how'd you get there? And it's because he hit like five threes. Well, he he, made, he was in line a lot that game too, but he just would yeah. get hot and make like a few shots in a row. And I'm like, oh, you can score a 10 real fast. That's how. No, it's like it didn't matter how many people they put on him. He's like, no, nah, I'm mouthing all of y'all. Just give me the ball and I'll get out the way. I'm mouthing the whole yeah, thing. Jalen gets a bad ref for that game, but he had equal amounts of buckets for everybody. Like he was Bro, a equal a, bucket I giver. Think he put he was four, I think he put up 40 on Jalen, though. Oh, Mo P was getting no, he was getting Mo P's bucket, bro. Like, Mo P was getting dragged. <laughs> so, I don't. I didn't watch the game live. Like, I forget what exact channel was on, but back then I didn't have, like, I just wasn't in a position that I had channels like that. So it was, I, it I mean, League I Pass was available then, but if I remember correctly, I, I wrote about this in the eulogy too. If I remember correctly, um, ESPN just kind of cut to it. ESPN News, because that's what I would watch every night. Like, my grandma would fall asleep, yes. and I'd be, so, like, I'm sitting in front of the TV, and I would you. flip to it. Right. And I was just because watching for the going off so crazy, comments. they just had to switch to it. You said what? Because he was yeah. going off so crazy, they had to switch. I to think it. he had like fifty five at the time. They was like, "Well, he's going for a new career high. Let's switch to it." And then he ended with eighty one. Yeah, right. And and right. I, I, I didn't think I don't think I included this, but I think part of it too was um, when he did the sixty two and three quarters, they didn't cut to it, and then he didn't play the fourth. So ESPN wasn't about to fuck that up again. They was like, "No, we got to make sure that we get this fourth quarter." And the game was competitive, so Kobe had to play it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's one of the things, and somebody else mentioned this. If it was you, Justin, please let me know that it was you. Somebody else mentioned this, but I also remember talking about this like maybe years ago. Like it was, it was you know, one of the like milestone years when they like celebrated it or whatever. Um, that game, what like like even the last like let's call it five minutes of that game, it wasn't like he was just in there like running for a he number. Need, they need like, to win like, that like, game. They was trying to win. <laughs> Them niggas was still like lose like he. he Actually had to score eighty one of the things. Like I, I think they ended up winning by like ten or something like that. But like he had to give eighty one for them to win. One of them things, or they wouldn't have made like like it wasn't one of those ones where they kept him in there because he like got the sixty nine. They're like, well, let's help him get right. seven, and then he got the seventy four, and he was like, well, let's see if we get eight. No, no, he was in there because like, hey, dog, if we take you out, they, we they losing. Could, they could actually. Come they were down like, a sizable amount in the second quarter, bro. Like they were getting popped a so, little bit, which is why he decided to just go for it. I, I I've been thinking like people, Keenan, like they were struggling so bad. He's like he's like fuck it. I'm gonna just take over and just do this myself because y'all can't do it. Keenan, mm-hmm. I think Keenan retweeted it, but I I was as I was working on what I wrote, I was having all these like separate thoughts, and I'm like, <sighs> basketball requires like basketball. If you a good just teammate, this is why I appreciate LeBron. Like if you was a good teammate, you gonna pass the ball to your teammates and just trust them. They could suck. They could be completely mediocre, but you have to mm-hmm. just trust your teammate. And Kobe just wasn't good at that. Like, he just – he could not wrap his mind around the fact that, like, well, I'm a pass to this trash-ass teammate I got. Like, I could do it. I I know how hard I work. I At the end of the day, the odds are better that I make a contested shot than this bum nigga makes his open shot. So why am I passing this nigga the ball? And it's a little I bit say, fucked up, I think I you it. tweeted hmm? – 
I think you tweeted like what what like what Phil was saying in those uh What could have what out. could he have been saying? Like what possibly if I'm Kobe's teammate I'm looking up at Phil like you want me to shoot? Like come on dude. Like, like do you see what he doing? Like why would I take a shot? Keep giving him the ball, coach. Like, come on, man. What are you talking man, about? I know Phil's in in, in the huddle, like we gotta get more ball movement. Everybody's sitting there like Okay, okay coach. <laughs> He's yeah. like, take me out. Somebody's gonna do the same thing I'm doing. I don't know why we. I ain't worried about you taking out the game. Yeah, now that that shit is like, I, honestly, I, I don't know. And I mean, there's many years. Of course, now that we have more access to these things, we we probably are why. But I don't know if like one of those like oh, let's call it like six or oh, five teams would be more excited to like literally know more about, or if literally when you like see that. Um, uh, and I think Justin had maybe retweeted something, maybe something about it. That one practice where like Kobe basically cussing everybody out, like with swaggy. I needed it for the eulogy, bro. Mad. He was he like, would not shut up. I can't imagine. But, but the crazy part, like like that's it. Don't get me wrong. I'm sure Kobe at that point in time was like a lot crazier. But I'm sure that some of those ones were like Kwame and Smush Parker in there. Probably were going a lot crazy. Like 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 Kobe in the in the one that we kind of know about now. He was he was older and a lot more cynical, so he probably was like just angry off the sense of being like that grumpy right. old man. Yeah, he was old man Kobe at that point. But like oh six ish Kobe, like when he was playing with switching him, well he probably his mind was thinking like, man, no, we really got a chance to still win because I'm on your team. I can't imagine the way he used to go. And Kwame Brown, a former number one overall pick. Bro, oh good, Kobe's on that man's head. Oh he his head. head. I felt so bad Bro. for Kwame, man. It's wild. Like I remember they 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 were doing the, they were circulating the Kimmel clip when uh mm-hmm. when Co- when Kimmel had showed Co- uh Kobe the little thing of uh like what was it uh Jordan Hill, Jordan Nick Young, Hill, yeah, and, um Jeremy oh, like game basically just like hype up and Kobe just looking disgusting. You could tell that that was not comedy at all, right there. Like that was Kobe genuine. Disgust. The other like, clip of D'Lo like hopping around the sideline, yeah, <laughs> Kobe just staring yeah. at him. Like Kobe's just so upset, and it's just like. <laughs> Those moments are so funny. Like it was a curmudgeon. I, that shit was funny though, bro. Like it is, and I'm, and I know we kind of get used to this Kobe persona because I mean we can kind of tell his personality, but we also kind of only know you know what we know per se. And it's just so funny that we how serious that he looked in so many of those moments. Um, what do you think of like the what was that that one finals where I think they were like two zero or something like that or three one? He's like and the guy's like, hey Kobe, why are you not smiling? He's like. I'm not done with you. You know, stuff like that. And you're like, bro, you're up 2-0 or whatever the case was at the time. You know, you've been looking great. Job's not done yet. But then you kind of see what a lot of his sports kind of anchor friends are talking about. You see this shit after, after retirement and the way he just, like, he's always smiling. Literally, mm-hmm. every picture that I've seen, and I understand that now that you're not at work when we see you anymore, you can smile more. Cause, I mean, that kind of helps, too. But, like, you just see so much, like, like it's always the big smile. It was joy. He found a level man. of joy, man. But, uh, I was listening to some podcast, and it's like, he seemingly figured out how to switch from his sports persona to this happy family mm-hmm. man persona. And mm-hmm. we essentially, like, he got, like, the perfect switch while Jordan didn't do right. that as much. Like, you see, it's like, he yeah. found the perfect balance of switching from his NBA life to... His after NBA life. He found a passion. Which so many other people don't. It's weird. So yeah. I think about like, I mean, it seems like Kobe's passion became children and it's, it helped that he was so invested with Gigi. But I mean, I mean Jordan had that, kids. Like, like well, how could he invest in? I don't know. I mean, even that though, because you also got to peep. Look at all the people, the current NBA players, how many of them were so affected by it because they had an actual relationship with Kobe. Mm-hmm. And these are people that like, Trey had to get to play against Kobe. 
but Trey had a legit relationship with Kobe. Like they actually had real conversations. Like Kobe was accessible to a lot of people. So he was like a mentor oh, yeah, to the whole next generation. Yeah, yeah. No, people, Jordan. I mean, Jordan is open about him being an asshole, but everybody called Jordan an asshole. Jordan would show up to um, Wizards practices before see, he came back and just bully the players. <laughs> like, yes, yes. For what? Like I remember. But it's funny. Like looking at Kobe, like like the, like the face we've seen. You wouldn't think Kobe would be this personal, especially personable, especially mm-hmm. like what we know about him early on and him not being a social person. So, uh, and the person he is right now, oh, I'm sorry, the person he we mm-hmm. that he became is nowhere is nothing like what we what we would have thought he was early in his career. No, mm-hmm. like the so the two thoughts I had about that because I thought about the Kobe system and I I couldn't figure out a way to weave it into what I wrote, but he kind of. So we talk about how like aloof he was when he was young and he didn't have great social skills and that affected relationship with Shaq and probably other, uh, clearly other teammates. Um, but it did just seem like at the point at which he became like a legit legend, he was right. You know what I'm saying? Like he didn't have to change who he was to make friends. People just wanted to be his friend mm-hmm. at a point. And so it's weird. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, he, he obviously became more open to friendship and companionship with others. Like that's, but yeah. those go hand in hand. But just watching the Kobe system commercial when you got Kanye, the biggest rapper in the world at the time, like asking you for like fake advice in this commercial is like those people really looked up to him as a, a sort of role model. And it's like yeah. I always to me that stuck out to me. Like he was he was justified in it's almost like I remember my parents used to tell me this anyway, like, um, don't worry about being the popular kid. Worry about being smart because when you get older, the girls like the smart kids. Like, it's almost the same thing about if you stay yeah. singularly focused on what your goal is, all that other shit will kind of manifest itself. But don't be chasing friendships and, like, not, you know what I'm saying, pursuing your passions or pursuing your goals because, um, I don't know, like, those relationships will kind of happen just naturally if you are true to who you are. Proximity and things like that. And you just kind of see, not even just affected by it, but the people that had a story to share, sometimes it's not necessarily even always personal. It's just like, you know, from the guys recently that have been invited to the Mamba Academy to um, the people, you know, that kind of just played against him in his early ones. Because you would even see sometimes after game, like, you know, after maybe I thought how he would kind of share a few words with some of the guys. And I, I know that in our thinking, like, man, we're like, man, that's maybe 10 seconds that they did something. But you figure a lot of those guys, especially those, you know, maybe closer to the top guys or, or at least guys that are all-star-esque level and up, they have access to Kobe. Like, even when he was still in the, on the court, like, like you can get his agent's number. Like, yeah, you might not be able to get his personal number all the time, but you, you can get in contact with Kobe. Like, you're somebody that has available. Like, like Bradley Bill, you're a guy that has, that's available to Kobe. You know what I mean? Like, like when you're one of those guys, like, and whether you're seeking out basketball or whatever the case is, you, you have that availability. So you can still reach out outside those 10 seconds. But I do think the thing that helped Kobe, or not even necessarily helped Kobe, but that was different from Kobe to Jordan, as, as you kind of alluded to when we started, was Jordan immediately stayed around basketball, wanted to be in basketball. He couldn't get away from basketball. He could not get away from it. Kobe purposely, and, and of course, like like we, we all hear, I won't say no, but all hear, a lot of those guys that are athletes always say they want to retire and spend more time with family because they haven't been able to for the last 10, 15, 20 years. Which, you know, makes sense. It sounds good in theory. But Kobe genuinely stepped away. Like, he didn't want to be on anybody's, like, he, he openly said he didn't want to be anybody's coach. He didn't want to be on like, anybody's, anybody's GM, you know, front office. Like, he, he didn't want to go to the, to the uh, booth. He opened like, nah, man. Like, and he had other passions that many of us didn't know about, you know, throughout his career. Mm-hmm. But that, to me, was probably the single most reason or difference between him and Jordan. 
he got away from basketball where Jordan did. And no, I, go, the go, funny go. part is he only came back to basketball because his daughter got so invested in it. Yeah. Like, I feel like he actually wouldn't have came back if she wouldn't have been so invested. But even then, it was led, and, and you loop it, it led to his daughter. Like, he wasn't there for bad. Like, he wasn't there for a team specifically. He wasn't there. Like, even though he did the ESPN plus the detail show or anything like that, he wasn't there for ESPN. Like, he was literally there for his daughter. Like, mm-hmm. Gino Armiara uh, for the for UConn women. Like, he he talked about this, how like, often he would come to practices, how often he would talk, you know, and all those things like that. Like, how often he would, you know, like, want his daughter around, things like that, and how he became such an advocate for a women's game. And it's literally, like, because of his daughter. Like, not saying that he doesn't care about women, you know, outside of that. I don't want to make that, you know, that statement, but his daughter was the driving force. Like, a lot of companies nowadays like to use the term, find your why, um, to kind of make sure that they can keep you around forever and stuff like that. But his why was his daughter. So he was able to use her, like, or, or not use her, but, like, be with her and say, hey, this is a way that we can bond. This is what we can do. Let me help you be the best you can be. You want to go to UConn. I know what it's going to take to mm-hmm. get there. You know, all these different things. And, um, I mean, Ramona said on <clears throat> Zach Lowe's pie earlier that, he was he. T- I think he told her this after the Achilles tear about um, he wasn't retiring without knowing what his next like. He wasn't gonna walk away from basketball without knowing what was next, basically. And I do think that happens with a lot of players is they just walk away and then they're like, oh fuck, like I didn't like, even, what do I, I do didn't now? figure out what I wanted to even try to do next. And Kobe was mm-hmm. just perceptive enough to know that I need to have an exit plan. I can't just exit. And I think a lot of players, I mean, and not every player has that privilege. You know what I'm saying? A lot of players end up washing out of the league yeah. and still trying to stick around or whatever. Kobe had the privilege of being able to have a very fruitful career. And uh, somebody else made it. Uh, Rachel Nichols made the point on Zach's pod, too, about how Kobe was able to leave literally at the pinnacle of his chosen profession, choose another profession, and then win an Oscar, you know, two years later. It's like, how do you that quickly become the best or considered like among the best the pinnacle, You reach the pinnacle arena. of a whole, right. It's unheard yeah. of. And so, I mean, a lot of it speaks to privilege too. Like Kobe Bryant had access to be able to call JK Rowling and, you know, visit with Steve Jobs before he died and stuff like that. Like that, that takes a level of access to be able to get those lessons. But if you have mm-hmm. that access, I mean, it goes back as far as Brandy. If you could take Brandy to prom, I'm not going to regret you for having that access, bro. And so. What are, I would say even that, though, like, you still have to have the insight to even, like, know, like, how to use the access that you mm-hmm. have. Like, he utilized the access in a way that other people probably have similar access. Don't. Right. Like, look at all the people that, come, that are out the league and they have, they have access to all different things and they do nothing with any of that, those access. And I've. I, I think I heard some article, uh, not article, um, interview Kobe did about, I mean, he loved talking about Gigi and he said one of his favorite things about her was she would just ask like very sort of like, not odd, that's not the right word, but he said like she would ask something about like, okay, if I'm getting trapped, what are you thinking about taking this very specific angle to the bucket? And he's like, that's a very specific question, but I fuck with it because it's not just a typical, like, how do I beat this trap? It's like, I'm thinking about how to beat this trap. Is this right? And then they would have to break down how to do it. Yeah, because like, she was like, I'm not dog. passing. I'm going to be like you. Yeah. We're not passing them all out of this trap. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like like the type of question he probably asked the same thing as he was probably doing in his practice routines anyway. Mm-hmm. Like, back in his day, like, he's probably like, all right, so if I get hit this way, I'm going to do this, this, and this. So she probably asked him questions. He's like, oh, she think about the game the way I do. 
<laughs> like let me let me go ahead and help you walk walk you through this a little bit. Like you you take the same person I would. Mm. Yo, black men, are you tired of being told that men are trash? Are you tired of hearing over and over about toxic masculinity? Are you tired of having black masculinity defined for you? All in the videos, dancing. I bet. Check this out. Cue the music, please. My name is Jeremy Hurt, and Let's Talk Bruh is a podcast that I host on black masculinity. We have conversations on black masculinity and take it into our own hands, define it for ourselves, and break down what men are trash really means, as well as what it means to hold ourselves accountable for toxic masculinity and the ways that it impacts us and women. I have conversations on vulnerability, mental health, friendship, sex, and much more. Being a black man, as we know, is a full-time job with no days off. And Let's Talk Pro is a podcast where all black men can have deeper conversations outside of Twitter's 280 characters to vent, to laugh, celebrate our wins, and call each other out for problematic behavior like telling your boy to man up when he's crying because what does it really mean to be a man if you can't cry? With each episode, we try to do our part in considering and suggesting new visions of black masculinity. Let's Talk Bro drops every Wednesday anywhere you can find podcasts. I love how, um, and it's crazy because I didn't even, again, part of this is because I was young. I, I mean, we, you know, we were young at the time, so part of it could be that for me. You know, some of you guys might know a little bit more, maybe father just, you know, were more in, in tune at the time. But I appreciate that the amount of technology from videos, interviews, things like that that we've seen come from even like young Kobe, whether it be people pulling up the old jackass um skit that he had when he jumped over the pool with the snakes and hit the dunk and everything I forgot like he that. Was all that. that was a quality episode. Yeah. Though. Uh you got that. They got when he showed um when he was on what was that? I think that was a Moesha show when he had that, that jersey on or whatever. Yeah, the Moesha show um when he had that on. Um uh when he had the Crenshaw jersey on it was playing he made an appearance there. We saw a couple songs like he was on like four or five people's songs like from the He had his like, own song. Different. Fuck the bullshit. Yeah. Man <laughs> Him and him and Shaq went down and laid down some tracks. You got uh, you got that one. Uh, it's not commercial. It's a YouTube thing, if I remember right. And I remember seeing it years and years ago, but could never could figure out if it was real or not. When he jumps over the car that's speeding towards him and everything like that. Um, I mean, look, that was this rock band commercial I was watching, like for people that got into like those video games. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yo, this is hilarious. Like him, Tony Hawk, like two other people, I'm like, yo, this is fire. And I really just like just because I'm like, yo, I wouldn't expect you to do this. No, but that's what's crazy is I think Ramona said this too is he was like, I mean, he he wanted to be a storyteller afterward, obviously, and apparently yeah. he like would write on the commercials or like take a very active creative role in like building the commercial. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> so I'm, I thought like, I think about the commercial you did with Tim Duncan, and I'm like, how much of that did you write? Because that was. A, definitely a time capsule, dog. <laughs> how how do you have the time? Like, not even necessarily how do you have the time, but how do you how do you find that? Like, 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 who do you talk? Don't get me wrong, you're a star, so obviously, like, directors on these scenes and some of these commercials mm-hmm. will listen to some of your input. But how do you really like convince somebody? Because some of these guys also, you got to remember at the time, are working for Adidas when he right. used to have Adidas line. They work for Nike, like some of the biggest. Like, we're talking about some of the biggest companies world. Yeah, it's cool for them to say they take your input. But for you to convince somebody over at Nike or Adidas back in the day that, hey, no, I should. Yeah, I know what I'm talking about. No, you don't. Bro, you know what I'm saying? Like, like, y'all should give me credit control over this. That's, that's really, and he didn't go to college. I'm sure they was looking at this nigga like. Like, this young kid. Some, come on now. Bro. That, that takes some, some something. Like Audacity. That, that was a word I've been hearing a lot today. Is he was, yes, old, he was very audacious. He was. 
Kobe, there was nothing Kobe didn't believe he couldn't do, man. Nothing, nothing. That goat thought mindset. Mamba mentality, yeah. dog. No, literally, my, like, a mama, it's crazy because, like, the ma, like the idea of being a mamba or whatever, but the mama mentality came about, and it was like, I remember the first time that people really, really, at least the first time I remember people really, really, like, honing into this is when Matt Barnes pump faked the ball at his, mm-hmm. at his face. He didn't, didn't move. And, didn't move. and I remember that being one of the first times I remember people really, like, start not overusing, but really, really using the mamba mentality, mamba saying a lot. Cause it's just like, bro, he's a different animal. Like he literally is Same a beast. beast. And like, You're it's, thank you. Like, <laughs> it's, it's crazy. Like, it's like what, the, what did you say? Um, but yeah, so, so one of my, my favorite things has just been watching all those different things right there. Cause some of them you have, you just forget about cause of time, of course, and different relevancies, but it's, um, it's great because you also see Kobe at a different stage. Like even even when we look back at our own personal pictures or videos that we make through the years from high school to now or middle school to now, whenever you got your first, you know, little cameras that you can put up, it just it's great to see the growth. But also to see like, man, there's so many things that we just wouldn't have noticed because we were we just weren't aware at the time. We were maybe young or weren't privy to that, and it's it's just it's so great, man. Like I don't know. Like I'm really mad at myself, and I and I, I'm gonna let it start, but I. Uh, Earlier, I tweeted out that I really, really, really wanted to pick up a Detroit Free Press today, like a hard copy, because I wanted to be able to frame that front page. Um, I saw what it was. It, it was, you know, nothing too crazy, like mural or whatever. And I just didn't, until I had to run an errand, I just didn't get out the house and it just slipped my mind. I never stopped at the gas station. That's what I was going to do, because I have no gas in my car right now. So um, I was going to stop at the gas station to get that. And I just, um, I'm sad that I didn't, but I really just wanted to do that cause just to just kind of memorialize that, you know, almost to an extent, like you just want to frame that first page and that first sports page because you know that it's just it's something that can't be replicated. Just like that, that immediate day after hearing that, like that's something. Um, like I, I actually really, really hope that in some way, shape, or form, the free press still has like, some copies tomorrow. Like I wouldn't mind waking up at the crack butt of dawn to try to get one of those actually. Um, yeah, I um I was thinking about because <clears throat> they play. Um, uh, the the LeBron puppet commercial the other day with the, the oh, I forget goodness. the little boy's name, but uh, for passing Kobe or whatever. And I love those puppet commercials, man. They could have, they should have kept those making always, those. Always been genius, bro. Like I, I agree with you. Like I, even when um, uh, the one with Kobe and, and Brown were on the beach or whatever, like watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was always a good one. And then, yeah, I did, I did finally see the one where dudes like asking all the questions about the points. How many points? Mm-hmm. And I was like. It, those are, those are always quality, especially because when they first started, Brian hadn't won no rings yet. That was the whole premise of the thing. Was like, how many rings do you have, LeBron? I have five rings. <laughs> I was like, oh shit. But, yeah. I always want them to play each other, man. It never happened. We, we never Bro, get one. Brian Brian looked like that after he scored. Uh, 2010, yeah, when he lost to Orlando, that like that was heartbreaking, bro. Like. I, that right there was a point where I mean, obviously, I was too young to actually say I wanted to drive there and had no money. But that's one of the ones where you, you like, if possible, I'd be like, bro, we gotta get to Cleveland. Like, like, come on, oh, we'd have figured it out. Like, uh, you know, seventeen, eighteen year old me would have just like went run away. Um, I don't necessarily mean to make this next moment sound well. No, there's no other way. But this next one's gonna be exact. But I think, and I think I might have mentioned to one of you already. Uh, I think the part that really, really hurt me, and I'm sure it actually hurt everybody the most, because this is probably where you don't, if you were one of the few people in the world that didn't know Kobe, 
this is where it would hit you is because you, you hear about all those people, but you hear about a grown man, um, and then you hear about kids, and you hear about that these kids are actually the who were on there. Um, and even before, you know, respectfully to other people, even before we knew about that, uh, the other family that, that was basically everybody but the other two siblings who have now become orphans, um, it is Kobe Bryant and one of his four daughters. Um, and you hear about it, you're like, wow, he's got a, a you know, a young daughter that's less than one, I believe four, seven months old. You know, he's got his other two. And they don't just lose their dad, they lose their big sister. Um, they lost they his twin. Lose. You literally uh, lost his twin. Yeah. And I think to me, what I, what I haven't been able to get over, and it's only because I've, in theory, kind of witnessed this, is the, the fear that had to overcome both of them. And by both of them in this particular case, I'm, just, I'm talking about Kobe and Gigi is you, especially since from what I've heard, it was like a fire kind of in the cockpit as well, you know, um, as they hit it, you're going down and there's nothing, like like as a father, as a parent in general, you you kind of get that, that sense that you know you can't protect her. And that's what you, you know, that's one of the things that you're, yeah, that's one of the things that, that, you, that you put on this earth for, you know, or that, that you're put over here to cover her, I should say, not even on this earth, but you're here to protect and provide and in that moment, you you know you you know that this is you 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 really know this is it. Whether whether and it's also not enough time where you can say really much of anything. There's there's not a comforting word you can say. There's not a tight enough hug. Um, there's something like you you have to literally watch the the life leave. I mean, ain't no ain't no watching, bro. They that's the thing is I mean they I'm that's sure they died on impact, bro. You just hold you hold no, it no, tight. No, 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 that, and that's what I mean. Like you, you literally watch the life leave their eyes because you you know. You you know like no like I'm sure she's very scared to say that but but as the adult in this particular situation, you know what's going you know what's down at the bottom. You you know there is not survival. But I'm saying, but we know Kobe, and Kobe was probably in Gigi's ear, like we we gonna we gonna survive this crash. Like hold me tight, hold yeah. me as tight as you can. We will be fine. And, and that's the thing. He was holding tight. Like there's no doubt in my mind that he he had never held her or anything. And I'm and I mean anything, anyone, any being, any one, any one object that can be, any one solid thing that can be placed in one's hands or arms that can be felt. He never held anything tighter or closer or more, more admirable or, or anything of that nature at that time. I have no doubt in my mind. But those last moments are, are things that I think have probably torn me up the most. Um, for for uh, it's bad. Because, like, I've seen something on social media that said, like, pretty much, I said, just, like, Kobe died twice on that plane. Because mm. literally, he had to, like, no, he's not going to make it. But his daughter's going out with him. I'm like, damn. Like that, that hit so much hard when I seen that, and that probably is what got me to 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 not be able to to realize that the tears were were more than justified. I mean, they they were justified no matter what. But hearing that, you just you, you're always oh, that's what I stopped holding back. Yeah, you you always sad when you hear about a young person going. You're always sad when you hear about somebody going to anything but peaceful. But that there, like kids, hit home so much harder. Something that's someone. That in your entire life have been larger than life. I mean, even to an extent, we we just went through kind of the personality and persona of Kobe and all these things. Somebody that's larger than life that that transcended, as we've all known or all said, transcended basketball, transcended sports. 
was a figure that you can literally go around the world. People knew to know that that's the way that, that that's not the way you remember, but that's just the last thing that you have of him. Is the, oh that that part told me, and to know that one had to watch the other, a father had to watch his daughter, and her daughter and a daughter had to watch her 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 seemingly from what we kind of know her best friend, mm-hmm. her father, the person that. You know, I, I know she got alive. You know, the, I know a lot of people talk about the video that had been circulating around the last, you know, maybe three weeks or so of him and Gigi at the game and talking. And just just that moment there, I parents always, 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 always know in their hearts and minds and so that they're not supposed to go. I mean, you know, that their kids are not before supposed to go before them. And to know that that's the case, you know, whether it be same time or not, but like to know that. She, that you're gonna to have to watch your child pass away. That that was something I could I could never wrap my mind around yesterday. And, and, and even as I woke up and and foolishly hoped that you know you would get you know not not that it would make it better, but just foolishly hoped that it would be a case of mistaken identity. Maybe the wrong chopper. Maybe maybe the corner had came to the conclusion that no, that wasn't Kobe. I, I don't care if you have to call it a, a doppelganger, like he's the president or, or or a double or whatever it is. But it, it was something that I, I could not. It, it, it hit too close to home for me for from recent activities as well. It was just something that just it brought it brought an immense amount of pain to me to have to just envision that and, and think about that. And there was no way for me to get around that. No, I feel it. I guess the one thing that did make me to comfort me was just that no, knowing Kobe, he thought that they was gonna survive that crash. So, um, yeah. in, in terms of like, I mean, he he's he's also a realist, so I'm sure that he was prepared for it, but I'm sure he didn't tell Gigi, like, we're about to die. Of course not. There's no way. Yeah. He he was he looked her dead in her face and was like, hold on to me. We'll it's be all right. Be, we're going to make it. Um, it's going to be okay. And, yeah, no, and like like you said earlier with, with Lamar, like, this, you would be the one. Like, like if, still in sad news, but if, if we were to get, get a report that said Kobe was on a helicopter that crashed like that, he was the lone survivor. He and Gigi were lone survivor. I would believe it. And, and, and I think that's just, that's what kills you. Like, you genuinely believe that somebody like that. That he's immortal. Yeah. And all, like, yeah. really. That, and that, that's what's even crazier is that I just, I, I thought about this. Um, I just kind of penciled him in for, like, another, like, 50 years of just being, like, an NBA historian, you know? Like, I was imagining, right. like, 75-year-old. Great bearded Kobe just sitting on these panels talking about the good old days in 2010 when he was going up against KG and them. And it's like, not only were you not immortal, you lived half your life 20 years ago. You know, like, I, and I've been struggling too with like people, because I mean, I'm not trying to discount the notion of like dying before your time or going too soon, but th- that also doesn't exist. You know what I mean? Like, he gave us the best 41 years of his life that he could possibly give us. We don't know what would have happened in another 41 years. We would love to imagine that he would have had another 41 years, but he didn't. And so we just kind of got to, like, embrace the fact that he was instrumental in our lives for for half of his. You know what I'm saying? Like, we, like you said, we watched him from age 17 on. So for the last 24 years, and all of us are 27, 28 years old, like, we don't really remember life without Kobe Bryant. We don't. I don't like he's a very integral part of our, of our life going forward. Just 
because like he was a relevant figure for the last 24 and 25 years yeah he he's a guy that you expected to to honestly be even more involved than guys that you see like the bill russells and the kareem and stuff like like you imagine maybe not in the in so much flashing business in terms of maddie johnson but you expected him to be there where you had access to him you know visually being able to see him and different things like that and it like like you said, you don't know what happens after that. Like like nobody has the answers. But uh, one of the things, and, and not to sound necessarily in a, in, you know from a like a religious or anything standpoint, but but one of the things that I, that I saw a lot of people talk about, or or just people just mention, like it's hard to believe. You know, no matter who you may believe in, whether it be you know Christian, you know Allah, God, Buddha, whoever it is, that that's that that's supposed to happen. Like that like that was how things are supposed to go. That that that's necessarily God or Allah or the higher being mm-hmm. even call him home. Like it's tough to to rationalize that, and it is with any family member, friend, or close person that you have that that dies suddenly or that you know something bad happens to. But for somebody that you know, especially when you think about things like like karma or whatever the case is that you might believe in or energy, it's hard when you think about you know not knowing everything about Kobe's life, not saying that he's a saint because we only know what we know. But when you just think about all the other people in the world who do similar things, and by similar, I mean like who maybe ride plane, private jets every day, mm-hmm. cop, you know, helicopter, things like that every day, who do dangerous, whatever it is, to know that he went that way and, and seeing those people kind of make it like that, that, that to me is just something where I just, I can't simply explain it or try to talk it away by just saying like it was his time or or God needed him, or you know, whatever the case was. And, and again, I don't want to make this too much of a living thing, but it just uh, that just doesn't sit with me. Well, being able to just say that, like, it, it just breaks my heart to think that to just to just talk it away like that. No, it's a, it's a, tra- but I, the, my, the only thing it's not even pushback, but it's like, I mean, helicopters were his primary mode of transportation. We know that for a general fact, and so. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if that was the first time he's flown in fog. I wouldn't be surprised if that's the first time he's flown in dense fog. I wouldn't be surprised if that was not not the first time. I wouldn't be surprised if it's not the first time he got special clearance to fly in that type of weather, you know? And so... Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's clearly right. not. So it's it's just like... It only takes one time, man. Like, that's also a lesson I got as a child, but it's like it only takes once. You know, I mean, that, that's true. And the the thing... The thing that's part of denial too is you is you you also try to rationalize things like we don't necessarily think about it when we deny stuff, but like when even when you're just having a, a back and forth with somebody you know that that you know you know whether it be a homeboy or you know a, a, you know romantic or whatever it is, when you have those back and forth disagreements, the reason why it's so t- tough to quote unquote win an argument or to walk away happy is because both sides can rationalize things like. Yeah. I, don't get me wrong, and I know, you know, not to get too far off topic, I know when we do things that are like men versus women and we discuss things, we love to believe that men are more rational. I, I think most times that even sometimes women will agree to that at some points. You know, it's off, you know, I'm not saying that it's a fact, but it's off and on. But, I, but in the conversation, everybody can rationalize things, and it doesn't even be about pushback. Similar to what Justin said, it's not about pushback sometimes. It's about, I can just rationalize why I think that your theory is not the only one. And sometimes we have to think about that as well. It's not so much about saying that your theory or your thoughts are wrong. It's as much I can rationalize why mine are right. And and like you guys said, I, I agree with you. There's no way that that's the first time that he was in 
all of those conditions since he's been using those helicopters probably the last, I believe, about seven-ish years or so, maybe a little bit more. But I think right around there, because he was still using while he was playing, mm-hmm. it was like his last two years. He was so. like choppering from the crib to Staples. <laughs> yeah, like like he was doing a short, a short thing. So no doubt in my mind that he's been doing, you know, that he's been to bad weather before or whatever the case is or had a, you know, some turbulence or whatever the case is. But it's, I don't know, man. Like, how do you begin to... To really put that in words, like, like I know you kind of did the review, and I know well, one thing that, that did irritate me, and, and I'll shut up. The way that people pushed, begged, probed, pronged for people like LeBron, Shaq, even because it took him a few hours. I saw somebody um, literally tweet, "Why well, it's kind of fuck with me, LeBron? They said nothing yet." And I was yeah. like, really? I said, you gotta be shitting me. Like, can y'all let these people and deal the, with it? They, we all reason, agree. Different. Be like, well, I just wanted him to more with me. And I'm like, he don't owe you shit, nigga. He don't even know you exist. <laughs> like, what bro, are you talking about? That nigga is more than his own way. That nigga ain't got a post nut, bro. That man could have gone literally the rest of his life without making a post about Kobe Bryant. And that would have made no been difference. Bro, would have made no difference. Like, cause what, what is the perfect thing to say to, like, in this moment? Like, it doesn't exist. It doesn't exist. No, I say I mean, I mean, I'm, I was starting to get irritated some of the media people that were asking all the different people that have known him all the questions. Like, can y'all just let these people grieve? Like, why are y'all pro- like pronging them for different questions and stuff? Money, bro. When they're clearly struggling to talk about. It. I mean, people was talking about that with the league yesterday. Like, they they talking a real big game now about um, mental health awareness and and just being more aware of like the players' mental. But then they got cameras all up in these niggas' faces talking about this is powerful stuff. No, y'all are recording grown men crying, bro. Like, let these niggas grieve. Bro, y'all spend Like, get the cameras out of their face and let them have their moment. Bro, y'all having folk do halftime and in-the-game interviews for for 90 seconds, asking them one question about basketball and then trying to get it into Kobe. Mello's Mello's little uh, presser after the game last night was mad uncomfortable. And, like, the Trailblazers tweeted it out, like, powerful words from Carmelo about his close friend Kobe Bryant. I was like, man, Carmelo want to be anybody else but in front of you niggas right now. Even, like, Trey Young. Like, the moment they asked Trey Young about um, Kobe's daughter, he literally, like, he said two words, like, yo, y'all can stop now. Like you, you want you you want to hot take some so bad, and it's like first off, for like they're people. Guys, Let them be people. Treat them as people, not fucking animals in cages. And for a lot of those guys, especially those those earlier games, they found out as the they're getting ready, so they don't have time to even process it. And I, I I kind of alluded to it a little bit yesterday when I asked when I kind of said like yo, I, the best I think I could have done as well if I was close to do it would be like Kyrie like walking out like. Shut up. I know, and it's, even Stephen A. said something about Kyrie. Say disappoint him, like bro, leave that man alone. Like I, I can't I, honestly, and, and not that we're privy to this again, so I don't want to sound like like we should be. But I really wonder or hope I should say that you know, and I'm sure he went home. But has, has anybody been able to check? Like, like has, has there been a quote unquote welfare check for Kyrie? And like, I know he probably has family probably with him, but it's just like I, it, I don't think people peep how close Kobe and Kyrie were. Like. Kyrie, Kobe, like Kyrie, Kobe's been Kyrie's guy since day one. Apparently, Kyrie called Kobe directly after Game Seven, like in the in the, in locker, the locker room, room, celebrating, champagne flying everywhere, talking about you were right, your advice worked. I'm like, yeah, you called that's his guy. <laughs> like, like 
at this point, that, that relationship was much more than a friendship. Yeah. Like, he probably really viewed Kobe as family. So, if him not wanting to play, bro, let that man have his face. And I, I thought about, <laughs> I thought, I mean, we talked about the influence he had on his current generation of players, but it was also like, t- so two stories I heard. Um, the first one was about Spencer Dinwiddie, former Pistons, shout out, who I wasn't even tripping about us cutting him because, truth be told, he wasn't that special when he was in Detroit. But neither he was coming off injury. I, yeah, I, thought, he showed, I thought he showed some flashes, but you're right. Go um, ahead but saying. no, so apparently, like, he had been – so um, he had built a relationship basically with Kobe through Ree, and he had been talking to him kind of intermittently. <clears throat> and apparently uh, the last few weeks – he had been talking to him, and Kobe basically – and I just keep hearing these stories about how Kobe's offering validation to a lot of young stars who need it or, like, who need the sort of mm-hmm. confidence. Um, same with – so Ben Backlebore, who been, who was out the league last year, was apparently working out at uh, the Mamba Academy. And one yep. day Kobe yeah. shows up and is like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Ben's like, I'm working out trying to get back in the league. Kobe's like, you out the league? Like, what? what? And he's told him, like – you are good enough. Keep going. Keep grinding. And Ben said, that's all I needed. That's literally all I needed to keep going. It was Kobe telling me that he thought I was good enough to play in the NBA. And it's like so many. I mean, there are so many story. young players who have that story. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. It's, it's like, it's tough. not just the stars. Like you got those up and comers, those people that's like, I'm a role player, but I'm still good enough. Like he was out here. Like he was open to everybody who wanted to reach out. Yeah. 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 So. Just, just find. There's never a right way to grieve, but just finding ways to to do it. Um, like I, I know they keep sticking these cameras in people's faces and stuff like that, and these things. But um, you got to kind of let people who want to make statements. And, and you know, people now are more aware that they're bigger names, so they so they are going to be called upon to make statements. But you got to let people kind of make it in, in in their own time. Like, I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. Even even when you think just about how that that funeral will end up being. Man, it's about um, to be the most epic homegoing service in Los Angeles history. You thought Nips went up? This is about to be that. On no, honestly, we thought Michael Jackson's went yeah. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this this one will shut Staples down because you got to figure it's gonna be him and Gigi um, together. Yeah. I, I can't see it happening right, any other way. Right, I feel right. like that. I, let me not say that like I have inside track, but I can't see it happening any other way. They made no details, so please don't anybody say that I'm telling you what's I mean, going you, on. you make a lot of um, sense. That's what, that's what And I, I can only hope for this next statement. I've been thinking about this since yesterday. That the NBA is literally any, any basketball, like skip games, any basketball activity for that day, whether it be has any to be canceled. media day, has to be has canceled. To be canceled. Has to, like literally you have to cancel it. There, you literally have to almost put a 36-hour blanket mm-hmm. over and say no. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's the day, and then that's giving hours after that. Like, you literally have to blink because anybody that wants to be able right, to Right, exactly. The whole, every, the, the entire league need to be able to go to that fucking no, ceremony. No, literally. Like, there, you you genuinely, and, and this is not to take away from, from the actual what it's going to be. It's going to be a home-going service for two human beings, not just an NBA player and his daughter. Two human beings. You have to give people the opportunity to go and celebrate a life, mourn, and just be with them, especially those who consider themselves friends, families, close colleagues. It's a fraternity, bro. I um, no, they were, I'm like go, go ahead, go ahead. his his. I'm saying his impact on like the league itself is too great for you to not create that space. Yeah. Like too many of today's current players looked up to him because they're all they're our age. And some are a little bit younger, but that's what they grew up with watching him. 
Like, you have to give them the space to come mourn, celebrate life, whichever, however you want to describe that. But you have to give them the space to make it there so they can so they can have their moment. No, that's a, um, I heard this beautiful story Tariko told. Mike Tariko called Kobe's last game, and I never noticed it. But Kobe gets fouled for 59-60 and, and makes the first. Gordon Hayward intentionally steps into the lane trying to get a lane violation in case Kobe misses the next one so that if he does miss it, he gets another free throw for 60. And I was like, that is love. That is beautiful. That is beautiful. That's that's knowing the things that are above you, man. Like, it's like we've been talking about basketball, man. It's 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 bigger than that, man. It's bigger. So, yeah, so that that was really just my my hot take on kind of like the funeral and how that's got to go, how I think it just should. Like, it can't be any other way. Um. Yeah. Um. So, his Hall of Fame ceremonies next. We can start wrapping up. We about to be at two hours. But his Hall of Fame ceremonies next year was about to be incredibly sad now because that that class is already about to be legendary. Speech. And the fact that like now I was looking forward to that speech. That I kind of want to go. I kind of want to get there. Bro, that Man. class is gonna be crazy. It's gonna be him, KD, and Duncan. Like, like it actually hurt a lot because I thought about it, and I'm like, wait a minute, he's up to be voted in this year. I mean, there's never any doubt about unanimous first, you know, first ballot or anything like that. But it's just like to think that we'll get robbed of the speech, we'll get robbed of seeing him with his family there. I mean, you know, if his family would still go, or at least the representative would still go. I mean, Shaq, Shaq sure brought up who was going to induct him, and I was like, that would have been a beautiful full circle moment if he called Shaq. I don't know if he would have. I mean, oh. it was probably between like Shaq, Mike, uh, maybe T Mac. Um, those are the top yeah. of my head. But. Um, I was the one who's gonna have on the stage with him. Like, which three people you gonna have to reference in his stories mm-hmm. and stuff? I'm like, what three are you gonna pick? And I want to know if he was gonna. Uh, be, you got a long list. I want to know if he was gonna be like keeping a buck about everything, like actually break down what happened. With That's why I'm looking forward to it. Me, like you know, he. Was I want to hear the Kwame Brown story. <laughs> like I'm ready for the book. It's it's crazy too because I think. Um, it's, it, well, you're not even crazy. The whole thing is kind of ironic when you think about it for any sport, um, for a lot of reasons. But the one I guess I'll kind of focus on right, right now is the fact that so many people, mostly black people in many sports, just because of the way that, you know, history is going for us, are enshrined post hymns. And one of my beasts has always been with that, whether it's been a Hall of Fame or whatever it is, is usually, at least today, at least today, in 2020, you knew that this particular person needed to be in this particular Hall of Fame or special grouping probably 20 years ago. And saying that we're in a post-racist society, and to, you know, even in 2000, let's talk about, they should have been in there, you know, at that time. The reason why I think this one is going to just be kind of ironic is you're literally making somebody immortal or, you know, or, um, and eternalizing them when you put them in the Hall of Fame. Everything about them lives on forever with that particular sport or talent or, you know, whether rock and roll, whatever it is. Like, they are now part of the basketball world forever. Like, their story never leaves. Like, there is only, you know, a hundred and so odd people in the, in the basketball Hall of Fame. You know, there is, uh, like, there are, are literally, at each and every year, there is what? 500 people or so that, that play in the NBA over the last, let's say, 20 years since expansion. And in that 500 or so people, you're telling me there's literally only about 200 and some chains that are in the Hall of Fame. 
and we got a guy that will be immortalized, but it's now kind of been immortalized before already. Like he is forever before he gets to the Hall of Fame. It's just kind of like it's an eerie feeling to know that you're gonna go in there, somebody's gonna have to dedicate it to you, and instead of you being some old guy that they're gonna have to show a picture of, like that you know just happened to live past mm-hmm. his time, was in the era where he wasn't like. We're gonna be like, hey dog, like like somebody who just doesn't know, like who just like was to not know Kobe, like it's like who was living on the rock would look like, hey, why isn't that dude there? He's like twenty five, right? And you'd be like, man, you know what I mean? Like like if so, if somebody in twenty years never was told the story mm-hmm. of Kobe Bryant, mm-hmm. ten years, you could ask a ten year old in ten years was never told the story of Kobe Bryant, and they happened to just look back on that Hall of Fame and saw that he had a picture there with his kids there, they're like. Dad, where, where was he at? Where, or, you know, or Justin, where was he at? It's like, oh, man, let me... No, like, explain you know? to our grandkids the myth of Kobe Bryant is going to be... Because it's not going to be believable, bro. He's not here to tell the story no more. And so it's like, it's our responsibility to keep the legacy of Kobe Bryant alive. That breaks my heart. <laughs> like, No, that's a wonderful way to put that in perspective, bro. That's wonderful way to put it. Bro, that'll get me chills just even thinking about that. Mm. Like, and I mean... We got, um, I I mean, two of our closest friends, Donovan and Zach, they've been fucked up. I know they've been fucked the last 48. I just talked to both of them. And yeah. I was worried about both of them, honest to God, because. Especially Zach, yeah. bro. I was, I was legit worried about Zach. Bro. Yeah. Um, I say all my friends that are like major Kobe fans, I've called all of them today just to check because I know I can just only imagine how tough, like, People who are like the major Kobe fans are taking this. You know, like I t- I'm taking it harder. Kobe wasn't even like in my top five favorite man, players. That's the thing is, I I think I put him at around twelve, and my Kobe <laughs> fan friends like get so mad at me when I do that. And I'm like, dog, twelve is a great number. There have been hundreds of thousands of NBA players, maybe not hundred thousand, but the point remains, bro. To be the twelfth greatest basketball player of all time, come on, man. Like I'm not sure shit. Come on. Anyway. But- <laughs> It's wild. And I think one of the things I found very humorous, very funny, this dude um, on Twitter officially ices his name. He would goof around, I believe it was yesterday, maybe earlier today. And he was like, man, I can't wait to uh, be telling these wild stories about Kobe to in like 20 years to my kid. And he would just like make stuff. He's like, man, I remember I saw Kobe this one time score 60 points at the record with his left hand only. All because some old head in the uh, stands yelled out, he ain't got no left. And then like the next tweet is, I was that old head. Like, <laughs> it's funny. Because not not to sound conspiracy theories when I say this though, but that's that's like how some people talk about older basketball. Like even when you think about like the hundred point Wilt game, like I remember somebody joking around not too long ago, like it's a it's a a bunch of pictures of of Wilt Chamberlain like being out and about in the streets with all these women and all these stories about him fucking a hundred girls and in a couple of nights and for a weekend he was you know having sex with a hundred girls in a weekend and stuff like that. But there's no footage of his actual hundred point game. It's just him with a sign to a hundred you know thing hold up. And whether you believe he scored 100 or not, it's kind of irrelevant. But the legend of Will Chamberlain is what we actually all know. It's the, he had 100 bodies in a weekend, 100,000 over his life, 100-point game. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's something that whether you, you know, choose to embellish a little bit <laughs> or tell the truth to the exact T that we have about Kobe. Yes, we have more records, of course, to actually keep up with it. But, like, those are stories you get to tell about, like, this guy named Kobe. And it's, it's crazy. That guys like me and you, who, like you said, followed his whole career, you know, are able to share those stories. And nobody, you know, when I say nobody, I don't mean nobody else in the world, but like nobody else can. Like he doesn't, 
He can't do it. And I mean, so what's beautiful to me too, I had two thoughts about that. Um, the I, I wrote about it in my eulogy. Like the idea that he he was already one of like the 20 greatest players ever before he won his first MVP. You know what I'm saying? Like they held off on giving him an MVP for so fucking long that by the time he got it, niggas was like, he don't even need it no more. Like, what's the point? Like, we don't need y'all validation. Right, like, Bro, we don't need y'all validation. Especially when that the, they didn't get it the year after we all thought he was robbed by Steve Nash. Yeah, Steve Nash won. One, yes. No, was, when did Dirk win? Steve Nash Dirk won 07. Now, they, they just thought he maybe should have won the Dirk one. But the thir- the 35 point a game year, that's the one I thought he should have won. Steve Nash won that one. Yeah, bro. Bro, he went like 12. No, first off, he won one, one, right? He only got one. 40 plus. You know, he should have had, had three. He should have three. The fact that that man went 14 games scoring 40 plus points, basically. He like, averaged he 44 like, a game for a month. Bro. Come on, man. I, mean, went, I think like what, like a, like a four or five game span, he scored like 50 and like all of, like, I was just like He scored four games straight of 50. That shit was I'm ridiculous. Like, bro, what, what are y'all talking about? What? What else is there to discuss like, at this point? He put up video game numbers, bro. And it, it, it did. I mean, me being a Kobe hater, it got to the point where I was like, he ain't going to do it again. He did it again. I'm like, oh, <laughs> look. <laughs> I'm like, can you stop? <laughs> <get the> point <laughs> where, uh, you heard my my argument. My, my, uh, my you know what I'm saying? Now, stop. Like, dude. Bro, <laughs> it was really at the point where it was like, he was, Kobe was must-see TV. Like, like if, if nothing else, he was must-see TV with a band of misses. Like, I mean, again, no league pass for real. Uh, the national coverage wasn't crazy like it is now. ESPN right. News was just like, we have the feed. Like we, just, we just gonna play the game because y'all need to watch this shit. This is incredible. Uh, and that's that's why that in a way, his last game was almost like was almost like his funeral. I hate to put it that way, mm-hmm. but it was it was yeah. almost. I, I mean, it was a basketball funeral. Game. It was his basketball funeral. So I mean, for us, that was the last time we we was all gonna ever see that nigga play. And it's just, it breaks, like, so with the Hall of Fame thing, like, it breaks my heart. It, it breaks my heart that, like, his prime got cut short with the Achilles tear. And then it breaks my heart that his life got cut short with this helicopter crash. Because it's like, you didn't really get to, like, enjoy the end for real. The end was just thrust upon you. And so, for me, like, that 60-point game was him, like, getting his roses, man. Because... Yeah. I mean that whole farewell tour in general was, but he was mid no. the whole farewell tour. I was, I, was, I was looking up the stats. He shot thirty five percent a game. He still averaged twenty three a night, but he was shooting seven to twenty one. And I'm like, why were you taking twenty one shots a game, Kobe Bryant? And the answer because the rest of the team sucked. So I would say exactly who was on that team. D'Lo, that was about it. No, Loki, D'Lo, and Jordan Clarkson. Exactly. D'Lo and Jordan Clarkson might have been the two next best players. Maybe Julius Randle. Oh yeah, he was still there. But those probably were the two best. But I'm glad you brought the farewell tale, and and I know we we got we're gonna start into mm. this. We honestly might have watched like this is actually like pre you know this tragedy. We might have honestly seen the very very best farewell tour tour excuse me among any sport for any athlete of all time ever. And and I know that we've you know, only be able to see maybe a handful of great athletes retire on their own terms. But even when I think about David Robinson and kind of remember most of his kind of most of his years, because he, we knew he was retired before the year. We kind of knew about Tim Duncan. Um, I mean, most of these niggas be trash by the time they call it quits. That's tra- the problem. I, like, I, the only person, and, and it's not really comparative, so don't, don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to say that he was very mm-hmm. close. 
But probably the closest just that I can think of, and it's partially recency bias, I will admit, is D-Wade. That's because D-Wade was rejuvenated a little bit in Miami. They were in the hunt for a playoff. I mean, he was going to make that retirement tour happen. That was more so like... Like the mean girls, we gonna make fetch happen. That was that's what that was. Yeah. <laughs> like he was gonna have oh, that damn retirement tour, bro. And, and D Wade got some help from a great supporting cast, meaning that he had LeBron, you know, Banana Bull Boys, who kind of also made sure that he stayed relevant, mm-hmm. things like that, social media. So, but we we really watched a guy in Kobe. <laughs> um, that I mean, yes, the, the final game is what we all remember. But I remember um, uh, I went to the last game. We, well, me and Carter's match. I went to the last game when he played the Pistons at the Palace that year. And I remember um, Mason, who yeah. is probably the best announcer of all time, like, you know, and, and that's no bias at all. That's just period. Gave probably, you would have actually thought of the home team. Um, I might try and loop that sound in here at the end. If y'all haven't heard Mason do the um, the intro for Kobe's last appearance at the Palace, it's actually kind of, it gives you chills. No, it, it, it gives you nothing but chills. Like, it, Honestly, you'd have thought that he played for the Pistons for 20 years. And that, to me, was one of the greatest ones because I remember I remember even thinking in that moment, like, you you, you got to be a bad MFR for, for the yeah. away team to do that, especially a team that you went up against in the finals, that you tortured for many years, that, that, you, and, and, that you literally built the mantra up of beat L.A. for. Like, like, teams in every arena now have beat L.A. for Kobe Bryant. I mean, when you think about... I mean, we're just where we from. Like, I don't really consider any of our divisional teams our rivals. I consider our rivals the Celtics and the Lakers, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, Kobe was my – Kobe being my biggest sports villain made a lot of sense. He played for the team I hated the most. I didn't I didn't hate the Bulls. My favorite basketball player ever played for the Bulls. I'm never going to hate the yeah. Bulls, you know what I'm saying? I don't give a fuck about Milwaukee. I don't give a fuck about the Pacers. Yeah. I hate the Lakers. <laughs> And Kobe, that's who Kobe Bryant played for. So it made sense that, like, at the, it made sense that the Pacers also view the Lakers as a rival because we played them in what, three finals. Mm-hmm. So yeah. ultimately, when it comes, when the chips is on the table and the biggest stakes are on the line, that's who we had to go through. Every, pretty much every time, three to four times. So yes, they are our biggest rival. Kobe Bryant was. A thorn in our side. Whether now we want to acknowledge it, like on a local level, like globe. If we want to view ourselves as a national franchise, which I do, because we have three rings, mm. yeah. the Lakers are which our biggest you don't have, bro. Yeah. So I um, I agree with you, man. It's uh, I don't know, man. It, it was great. Like I mean, shoot, we got Draymond telling uh, Paul Pierce, man, you ain't Kobe. You don't get nothing. You thought you was Kobe. <laughs> <laughs> well, the funniest you know part about like, that clip to me, swear for guy, is Paul didn't even have a rebuttal. I'm like, fight back, dog. Are you really letting this man? Bro, respectfully, he had to take that he one. He just took you it. Sitting at, bro, you sitting as the tenth man on the bench in your warm up still. You man, say some I don't know what corny you... shit. I'm still better than you. Like, check the ranking, <laughs> something, anything, my nigga. You just really I sat there it. and was like, oh, you right. Oh, hey, bro, but he couldn't even say check the ring. Not like, how you go out there. Like, he, he was a shell of himself. But, yeah, like, it's, it's crazy. Kobe gave it just so much, man. Um, hey, bro, every, I mean, we've always done it. But, you know, tomorrow when you're dribbling your air basketball, when you're doing your Euro, when you're shooting your shot, you're throwing away your trash, don't forget to yell out Kobe real loud. And, um, you know, keep it going. Like, 
I'm surprised the like COVID said, challenge ain't took off yet. People just you, bro, recording. you feel me? Like like you said, niggas fake hated Kobe and niggas still was yelling Kobe when they shot. Like you were no, yelling. I was. Bro, you don't yell out Iris and you don't yell out T Mag, you don't yell out T Mag, you don't yell out don't sound the same. Like, you, know what I'm you, you don't yell out Steph. You like like you know what I'm saying? Like there's so many other great shooters and people that have been around, but it just And that's the bizarre part is Kobe bro. wasn't even like a sharpshooter. Like great. he's never been a sharpshooter. Shoot, we we grew up with Ray Allen at the same time as the same draft. Bro, we were saying Kobe, not Ray. Ray, Ray. Okay, bro. Jesus. It's something. Crazy, man. Even the legend, bro, even the legend and here's another and this is kind of a funny, but even the legend of knowing that he was about to be the original Jesus Shuttleworth. Like, Man. Like, somebody, can somebody please call Spike now? Like, like I know it's, I know this is going to sound crazy. Can somebody call Spike now so we can, like, revisit it? Like, I know we got the interview already on tape. But can we, like, revisit it and be like, yo, Spike, dog? Kobe was about to be Jesus Shuttlesworth, bro. Can you believe that? And I want to know. So, funny enough, watching the, we do need to wrap up for real. I feel like we keep coming up with more memories. But um, watching that, <laughs> rewatching that, all that, all that clip from earlier. It was like, I mean, he was carrying himself like a 19-year-old, so the game is the game, but he was trying to be cool or whatever, shit like that. And I'm like, I wonder how you would have played Jesus, because no shade to Ray, but he wasn't the greatest actor. <laughs> so it's like, bro. So like, I wonder if like you would have been able to act for real, like, because that would have actually been compelling. And knowing Kobe, he would have tried, he actually would have tried to be a great actor, knowing that dude. And the fact that Ray has no swag. Would have made that extra funny too. He sounded he he literally sounded like he memorized his lines and was just like saying them back to the camera. It, it, uh, and that's so crazy because I'm like him and Ray were really like similar in age or like close enough in age where it's like it shouldn't have been that bad. And I'm like, bro, you 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 never been to high school? Like, have you never like like <laughs> you you a touting like you're actually a right? Like, like you should know how the recruiting bro. process works, bro. This should not be a stretch for you. <laughs> Like, sir, you know you did still have to go through the process. Hey, come on. Man, it was it was so wild watching that. So yeah. Um I'm gonna help Justin out with this wrap up because you're right. We keep getting memories. Yeah. Um anybody got like okay, we can last, go for a whole other hour. Anybody got like a last fifteen seconds of peace they wanna say, do or anything like that? Uh well, you can go ahead, Cardo, if you got something on your mind. Oh yeah, I guess we should let Justin go last. You're right. <laughs> Take Jason, go first. All right. Um, I appreciate both of you guys for this, okay? <laughs> um, mine is just quickly. Uh, I'm passing, which Kobe, Kobe never did. Ah, it's like, no. Bro, I got to get that joke. Feel me? No, um, so uh, okay. last thing, though, before my last Ron thing. Artes. Please tell me to run our test commercial, what you about to say. No. Um, oh in, 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 the la- in the 60 point game, what's the 60 point? Yeah. Uh, Kobe's last play was an assist. I mean, he got a rebound. And he tossed it down court, and Jordan Clarkson dunked the ball. And I was like, isn't that fitting that Kobe Bryant's yeah. last statistic on a basketball court was an assist? Isn't that cool? <laughs> oh, it's, it's so funny because right before – okay, so that is actually very funny that you say that. I'm not going to lie. The other funny thing is right before his curtain call, somebody pointed out that he, like, uh, saw Vanessa in the stands or something like that. And she like blew him a kiss over they blew a kiss each other and they winked. And that was like kind of a special moment because like the last T V cut of him, I guess, before his curtain call. So that was uh that's pretty cool too. Um don't call me on the exact time frame that it is, but I'm pretty sure right on the curtain call. Um, yeah, yeah. Um I saw people tweeting about it when the game was playing yeah. earlier. So. so okay. So not to keep belaboring this. Oh, okay, I one last thing. That run our test man, we run our test of like hey Rebound, pass the ball to Kobe. <laughs> Pass the ball to Kobe. Get a steal. Play defense. Pass the ball to Kobe. Block. Pass the ball to Kobe. Wake up. Pass the ball to Kobe. Two to three. Pass the ball to Kobe. He's like, he's like, give me a check. Pass he's like, give me a check. Pass the Kobe. 
so many funny <laughs> memories, and he probably wasn't even trying to be funny. People were making so much good fun of Kobe that it was hilarious. And that's why I appreciated like, the Kobe system at the end, because again, it it, bro, it took Kobe him system, opening yes. up to embrace it. But he was in on the joke, bro. He's like, y'all think I'm this hard ass, like super serious dude, and I'm a fun guy, you know. Word to go out. Yeah. Also, I for sure have been looking all day for a lower Marion High School basketball jersey. I just want y'all to know that I'm looking for the real one. So for sure, um, I will be copying it. I'm, I'm for sure about to get on my 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 fab or whatever, and I'm about to. Be I, that also. I need the '97, like the super vintage. I want the '97 All Star. I want the the, the All Star boy. I just I just want like the deep purple Not Lakers yet. eight, bro. Like I I just want the old school boy. Not that I'm very big now. But I genuinely was like, I had to come out. I was like, hey, bro, I'm about to come over and look for that Kobe jersey because got to be. Yeah, bro, I have a of yellow course. Adidas eight at my mama somewhere. I just don't I, know where it's. I have it. a white one. I gotta go. Like I gotta go find that white one. It's crazy because I want the eight jersey, and I know that everything is sold out now. But like when it comes back, I'm very sure that I'll be willing to spend that hundred and something to try to get an authentic boy the number eight. Yeah, if I can't, I'll leave yeah, I don't want a twenty four, bro. I want an eight. Yeah, I want eight, boy. Like I, I really, need the Afro. Kobe. Yeah, you feel me? I need you know, Froby, really man. Enjoy, I really enjoy baby Fro Kobe. Like I enjoy the athleticism. I enjoy the excitement. I mean, you know, twenty four did, but I enjoy that kind of reckless abandon, Kobe. Um, and it was, you know, the, the rawness of it. Was just, it was just so great, man. Like that. I guess that's. I guess that's really in thirty my fifteen seconds, man. Like baby Fro Kobe was something that was just different to me that I enjoyed. Like hit the tail kind of too live for him. Um, I appreciate not only what he did for the game of basketball because I'm a guy that anybody knows. You know, I I love the game of basketball since as long as I can remember, and I be, I'm a person that believes that sports uh, opens up so many doors in your life and so many worlds. And um, it's it's sports are how I know both of you and how I've got to be close with both of you all. Um, and just the love for uh, um, a man that I've never met, you know, probably never been even with court side seats, no closer than twenty to twenty five feet near him. Um, so just love to him and his family, uh, you know, it's the survivors and really just to those final moments, man, that uh, that I, I could never fathom uh, having to go through and wanting to go through. So um, shout out to number eight, uh, Kobe Bean, Brian, and Mamba. Uh, rest, in, rest in power, man. You and Gigi. All right, so at least my 15, it's funny, like, I appreciate the petty. Side of Kobe, mm-hmm. so that game seven against the Suns when he said "fuck up" past the whole game. I wanted to bring it up, and then I was like, "It's not really fitting into the conversation." But go ahead. <laughs> no, and like so, as somebody in high school, and I've gotten yelled at by different uh, parents, like to pass the ball. When you have trash teammates, I understand Kobe's feeling, but like, yo, bro, I'm not giving y'all the ball. So in that moment, he said, you know what? I'm going to listen to y'all. We're going to see what happens. And he literally sold the he series to prove the point. Shots, man. I've never hated a nigga more. I mean, I was I wanted it both ways because I was like, shoot the ball. But then it's like, he, I'm the reason why he not shooting the ball. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I appreciated that moment so much because, like, he proved his point. Because he's like, all right, look, so I did what y'all told me doing. We lost. So, uh, and the media attacked him like the rest, the all summer fans. He bro, they got kicked out the playoffs off that series. So, like for oh, the yeah. rest of the summer, it was like, what the fuck was Kobe doing? It's like prove you no, he, he came back next year and showed y'all like, all right, I listened to y'all and we lost, so I'm not listening to y'all no more. But no, I really appreciated that part of him. Like Kobe was a winner, but at the same time, if he needs to prove to y'all why why he does what he does, he will do it on the biggest <laughs> stage possible to show you. 
I'm doing what I want. Uh, yeah. So, like, I took that going forward. Like, that moment I actually, like, held on to, like, for life. So, like, the petty side <laughs> of me comes from that game. I ain't even mad. <laughs> I'm not. Um, but, like KT said, man, prayers for the family. Because I, I can't even imagine dealing with what they're dealing with right now. Like, the loss of somebody that close. Especially in such a tragic way. Like, that's... Nobody should go out like that. Nobody should have to deal with losing someone in that way. Parent and a child. Yeah, my heart hurts for Vanessa. Especially because um, what we know about the history of their relationship and the fact that she still filed for divorce years later and the fact that they stayed together and built their family back and... um you know, they fought for their love or their marriage or whatever they, whatever it's fighting for, they fought for and they won. So I do, um, it just sucks to know that, like, the guy who she actively wanted to be her soulmate just got snatched from her. It's not, it's not great. And, not, and, and even, I was talking to um, my girlfriend about this last night, just the notion that she got these kids, one of whom, is going to be asking for daddy for forever because she don't know no better. And so it's not even like she can really get away from it or she can explain it to the girls and they get it because one of them just ain't going to get it. Um, so prayers out to prayers and strength to her. Cause, um, I, I feel like we be talking, we've talked about a reference that we think the tears are done and then they start coming again. And that's going to be her existence pretty much um, I'm sure hers haven't stopped yet so um, even when but that's the thing is like I, I was after they got done re-airing Kobe's game and cut the sports center and they were talking about <clears throat> they well they, they postponed technically tonight's game now against the Clippers just mm-hmm. to um, allow for a little bit greater planning for what they want to do when they do hit the floor again which is going to be Friday against Portland um, but they were saying that they were coordinating with Vanessa to come up with proper plans or whatever. And I'm just kind of like, you feel like you got to be strong. You feel like you got to do that stuff. And maybe you do just because he was, he was Los Angeles. But if I'm Vanessa Bryant, do not call me. Do not text me. Y'all, 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 y'all who called so, me, let's figure the shit out. Like, I, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> you know, Well, I can say at least. Like when you when you text you when you do like a, a hard loss, find something to keep you busy mm-hmm. does make it a little bit easier to at least deal with it in the moment. Cause like that overwhelming form of grief is definitely like impossible to deal with. Like giving yourself something else to do, especially because she's gonna still have to hold strong in front of her kids. Unfortunately, like that's that's a that's a real thing. She's gonna have to be able to hold strong in front of yeah. them. One of my other biggest beasts of this, and, it, and it's not just this. It's it's literally. Anytime this happens, or, or something happens, I should say, is when the first thing that people like to do is say, X, Y, and Z would have wanted me to continue on. Like like yesterday, a lot of uh, the, the quick responses from a lot of sports heads and things like that when people were asking about canceling the games was, no, nah, Kobe wouldn't want them to do that. Kobe would want them to play. A few things. So you don't know what Kobe <laughs> Yeah, Kobe ain't here to tell you what he wanted, bro. And y'all you know, didn't roast the topic when he was not, alive, I'm sure. Guess what? Respectfully, what Kobe wants in this case don't doesn't matter because Kobe's not here to necessarily say. You know what I mean? Like, and that's for from a Kobe sense, and it's also just from just from an everyday real life yeah. sense. Like, I 
I have never been a person that's been a fan of X, Y, and Z. Like, when people try to get you, not necessarily they, they try to get you to stop grieving, but when they try to say, man, you know, X, Y, and Z wouldn't want you to be sad, or X, Y, and Z wouldn't want you to cry, or wouldn't want you to spiral out, or whatever it is. Hey, bro, respectfully, X, Y, and Z not here, man. If X, Y, and Z was here, I wouldn't be worried about this. We we can't live on if X, if if was a fifth, man. And, you know, that's... That's just something that just is, is going to always bother me, but it really bothered me with this because you know, it's been easier for people to do. All right. Um, okay, my 15 seconds, real fast. I'm going to go on the flip side of the Chris Childs fight. I applaud Colby for standing up to Chris Childs. Um, hey, dog. You are yes. the first. Yes. How you going to say the other, the flip side of this? Man, this better be good because we talk about no, Chris Childs. No, I'm just fight saying, dog, because I, I mean, I, I thought young Colby was. Um, a mini fraud. Not to say that like he was faking, but he definitely was trying to like prove who he was to these basketball players. And I get it. Um, you know, defend yourself. You're the young buck. You cold. Niggas probably pulling your car because you young and you know you cold. I get it. All that stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who the fuck is Chris Childs? You know what I'm saying? Chris Childs was like a mid point guard who was just out there to run the offense and be a tough guy. And Kobe could have easily been like, you're not worth my time, but, you know, Kobe decided that Chris Childs worth his time. It's almost like when T.I. was beefing with Shorty Lowe. Like, for what? You know? It's a bad True. comp, maybe. Yeah. But. <laughs> I, the the hey, point I'm trying to make here is that it. I've given Kelly... you made is low-key, like... I mean, I've given Kobe shit for... I, 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 I cannot say I saw that fight in real time. However, it's been embedded in my brain for the last 20 years. So maybe I did. And this is pretty well, good. So it's just like, I remember, I remember real time, like Chris Charles really two pieces thinking. This is crazy. Um, yeah, I, I, the only thing I got. How you let the best? Huh? I'm sorry. How you let the best player of your team get two pieces by a nigga named y'all? Well, man. No, okay, at the time, Chris Childs was getting minutes on the New York Knicks. He was a like starting point guard. It was like him and Charlie Ward was like splitting time. But I like Chris Childs hey, bro, more than I like Ward, Charlie Ward. Charlie Ward was a fucking Heisman ass quarterback and went to the league, bro. This, okay, you're right. We got to go. Because that's crazy that you let your fucking star player get two pieces by the star. Dog, this shit is wild. Like, every time I think Childs. about this, I have to laugh. Somebody, oh, man. I got two jokes before. I Just to, just this light, light, dark humor, but whatever, man. Call people to appreciate both of these. The first one was about David Stern, and it was like, Kobe gonna smack the shit out of David Stern when he get to heaven for the Chris Paul train. Okay, <laughs> oh, yes, yes, bro. Yes, please. That's been the funniest one, cause especially when they show, especially when they show the- Him uh, sipping the water bottle? Him with the water. When, when he like, man, when Kobe see, when, when David Stern see Kobe walk in. <laughs> bro, I said, you niggas. Oh, yeah, bro, people bro, you niggas. Bro. And then I saw another one that was like, Chris Child's gonna get on Twitter. <laughs> And say rest in two. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> hey, bro, y'all are sick. People are sick. Yo. <laughs> People are sick. Bro. Oh my god. Okay, I think I think that's a good way to. <laughs> Nah. Hey, yeah, man, that's it. That's oh, it. Bro, uh, no, that rest of two piece took me out. I was like, because I saw it like only a couple hours after the news broke, and I was like, too so funny, but too so. I can't reference this one yet. Oh, my God. Oh, boy. Yeah, okay, fellas. I appreciate y'all for coming on. It's late. <laughs> for sure, man. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate both of y'all, yeah. fellas, man. I, uh, I love y'all, boys. I feel like we need to. 
Just say that more. Definitely say that more. I love y'all, man. Oh yeah, no, man. I, I for sure love y'all, and I, and I really do. I genuinely appreciate. It. That's that's something that uh somebody kind of pointed out to me some a while ago to kind of like start really making sure that you you recognize more is that uh love and appreciation are two different things. Um, you can have one without the other. Um, but uh, to make sure you separate them. So I really want you to know I appreciate it because every day y'all do choose to you know interact and be friends with each other. Like that, that's a choice that you wake up and you make every day. So I appreciate y'all. Black Mama, Kobe Bryant.